search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hey everyone, welcome to the Broken by Concept, episode 48. Um, hope you're all well. Hope you all had an amazing weekend. Filled with plenty of three blocks. Three blocks. And reviewing. And reviewing and getting into breaks. the details. All the stuff that we love that we're going <laughs> to print out on all our merchandise. Three blocks. I'm going to have a shirt with just three I blocks. I love three. Or just three blocks. Just three blocks, dude. That's cool. Yeah, three blocks. I review every game. <laughs> now get into the details. Yeah. There's so many catchphrases. There is a lot of catchphrases. So, I wanted to... um. Before we get into the the boring the, league stuff, the nitty gritty, anything um, exciting happening in the world of I had the most messed up dream last night. Yeah, and we know that we've spoken on the podcast before, and you've shared that information with people. Well, I, I dream a lot. I dream every dream night, all the time. Sometimes I remember them, and and I think, look, I think what happens is if I directly think about the dream when I wake up. Mm. It puts it into my memory. Mm. But if I don't, I don't bother thinking about so, it. It just disappears. So you get out, you wake up out of bed here, and then your instant thought is, got to think about the dream I had last no, night. No, I was just dwelling on it because I it was so night. funny. It was so detailed, right? But don't, so, don't you not remember your dreams when you wake up? I do most of the time, but then they, they kind of fade got if, it. if I don't continue to think about it. Yeah. So anyway... Joe Rogan was having a oh, party, some go. form of like giant gathering at his like mansion. Right? Yeah, I envisioned he had a mansion because that's what rich people <laughs> just have that mansions, don't they? Right, and it was um, so it was a party. Yeah, it was like a big. What a were giant, they celebrating? It was celebrating that he bought another mansion. Got it. Like not another mansion, but a huge property. Rich people thing. Like a ranch. Yep. He bought like a ranch. Got it. And he was unveiling the ranch. So there was lots of open space for the party. Yeah, it was a huge open space party thing. Um, and so I, so I came with two other people, and I don't know who they were, or three other people, but Joe Rogan didn't know me, and I remember feeling as though I'm just sneaking. So in. who'd you walk in with? I don't know who the people were, but I remember there was famous people that I saw the guy from Raymond. You know that. That guy, Ray Romano, whatever. Everyone loves Raymond. Yeah, everyone loves Raymond. Yeah, I saw yeah. that dude there. <laughs> That's so I, I saw... I can't remember who else, but there was other famous who people Who else there. was there? All I remember is that Ray Romano dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember going in. I remember, so remember what happened is like the, the two people, two or three people I was with, they, they knew Joe. Mm. But I didn't. Yeah. So they walked in the door and I just instantly ducked and started darting into the crowd to just try and get in there because they would have looked at the door. Got it. So you're trying to avoid Joe Rogan. Oh, I want to get in there and then like maybe... Because then once I'm in, you're in. You yeah. Know? But like the start, they can just kick you out. Yeah. So then I Oh, get, God, it's so you just want to get in there. I just want to get into it. the yeah. party and think of it, you know? So I get in and then Joe Rogan says something. And I just like disagree with him, and I just called him out. Really? Yeah. And, and everyone like like pauses, yeah, everyone, really and everyone just like looks at. Yeah, everyone looked at me, and then I just diffuse the situation. But I can't remember what I said specifically. But but I Joe did. Rogan didn't know you. Yeah, but he, he. I think he had a few drinks, Got and it. he had like been a little bit drunk, so he yeah. didn't like put too much emphasis on it, and yeah. he assumed that he knew me if I was at the party, right? Yeah. And anyway, and he was like, "Who the fuck's this guy?" Is that what he? Yeah, and then until like ten seconds later, he's yeah. like, "All right, everyone." Here's what is what we're here for. 
and he rips off like this giant like curtain and it's like a it's like a TV. Okay, so the disagreement happened in him what he just moved on to that. Yeah, it just like moved on. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I'm just showing you my dream, right? <laughs> and anyway, he unveils his he's like, Yeah. This is the Joe Rogan ranch and um as you can see here, there's so much space, like, and you can roam the property, and there's all this grass and hills, and we got, like, you know, activities, you can do horse riding, archery, there's all this stuff, right? It was all excited and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it was clapping and stuff and saying, you know, like, I don't know, it's like a ranch, I don't know. Mm. And then I remember saying, so then he go, and then I teleport to the ranch somehow, I don't know how I get there, and I'm outside with Joe Rogan, because I think what happened, we, we started talking and getting along, mm. and like... Like, oh, yeah, just get old coach girls. Yeah, get it. <laughs> talking about their their hunting and their, <laughs> their cars and the UFC. Um. Anyway, I was talking to him, and then I said, "Why don't you like? Because there was no there's no vehicles to get around the property. There was no four wheel drive. There's no little four wheelers. There was no bikes. There was mm. nothing. It was mm. just like, um, holy shit, this was unscrewed a bit, dude. Hopefully that doesn't." Oh uh, well, let's double check our little thing. Yeah, so I keep it, talking, Curtis. It's yeah, right? it's, it's there's audio right. coming there. So I'm going to assume at the top. It's okay. If anything, if anything, we're just going to do the whole podcast, and then it's just not going to have any audio, and then we will announce to our listeners, sorry for <laughs> not having a podcast episode up tomorrow. <laughs> um. Anyway, or it comes halfway through my Joe Rogan story. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then I said, I said to him, look. So why don't why do we have to walk around this whole property? Why why don't we just have a four wheeler or a motorbike? And he's like. Well, people love walking, right? Like, that's the whole point. We're outside, you got to walk. And then, you know, he has like that very, like, he doesn't back down from his, mm. like, he's very, def- mm. if you listen to Joe Rogan, you know he doesn't mm. back down. Mm. Like, and he can come across intimidating, but I stood my ground. I'm like, oh, well, that's a bit weird. Well, I don't really want to walk all the way there. Mm. So then we just had this disagreement and then the dream ended and that was it. <laughs> that was my dream. So I don't know what to make of it. What does that mean? What, what does that, that mean? mean? I don't know what the hell that means. I think that what so what's going on? There's lots of confrontation. There's there. a lot of confrontation. Yeah. I think it's like I think that you like want some confrontation in your life. I think that's what it is. You just like you just want to see something. You just want to you're just angry. You just want to be like because we all know that you're angry and pessimistic, right? Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> you're Mark, Mark Bourne. So you're just gonna you're just gonna confront someone next. Someone's <laughs> just doing something in public. Just then you're just gonna start. I disagree. I don't like that. <laughs> Dude, you sound like some person on Twitter, dude. You're just sitting there, I don't like, know. You just follow Twitter conversation. You're sitting well, like, there, like, I disagree with you. Here we maybe. go. Maybe there's some people in the audience that can interpret my dream. Yeah, interpret Curtis's dream. Maybe we should make this a segment. My dreams. Curtis explaining his dreams. dreams all the time. Because you know, you said you've always want to write them down and stuff and make a yeah, little book. I know. I've always been, people tell me that, but I just don't. Don't know why. So this is your, maybe the podcast can be a platform. Maybe everyone can be like, yeah, what's Curtis's dream this week? It's like a Who thing. Knows? And some R-rated stuff goes on sometimes. Really? So we can't get into those details. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gertie. Okay. Yeah, right. Anyway, let's 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 talk about some real... Let's go back to League of Legends. Yeah. So this podcast is meant to be about, even yeah. though it's probably like 5% of what we talk about. Yeah. All right. So let's do a patch rundown. Welcome to my patch rundown. <laughs> we, uh, Curtis, what's, what's our perspective on patch rundowns? You used to do them on your channel. I used to do a little bit of them. What, what do we do? What about, what about patch rundowns? I don't know. They're just, well, I stopped doing them because they, they're a distraction. They're a distraction from the actual problems. They're a distraction from the fundamentals. They're yeah. a distraction from the chant mastery. Yeah. They're a distraction from your own, like your intensity approach to the game. It's all, it's all a distraction. That's why I have you patch rundowns at the end of the day. And I think that unless you were, 
Look, if the changes are substantial, you know, it's a big substantial change, sure. But a lot of the time, five movement speed on this, three AD added to this item, this moved a little bit here. At the end of the day, if you are below D2, you're playing your champion probably so suboptimally that it doesn't matter. So look, I don't really, I don't really bother when it comes to, to patch rundowns anymore because I think it's sending the wrong message. And you also have the same perspective on tier lists? Well, I do a... Look, I do tier lists just to give people a, a vague idea of the meta. But I actually have a tier list, a different tier list, Nathan. I have a tier list for improvement. Ah, my, so the champs that are best for actually yeah, improving at yeah. what? Specifically fundamentals? Well, yeah, for um, yeah, learning the game. What's the lowest champion on that list? Oh, there's a bunch. There's heaps in there. Like Katarina? Um, no, well, the things like Vlad and Aurelian Soul and like all these like Yasuo and things like that. Yeah, a lot of like really... So you think they're bad to learn the game with? That's correct. If it was for jungle, then it would be... Um, it would have to be like Warwick, Shavana, Jungle, those type of champs. What about Shaco? Where does Shaco fit in? Shaco's yeah, very strange. Shaco, I guess, yeah. I mean, you do learn how to gank and stuff and like punish right. lane states and stuff, so maybe not. But, um, yeah. The, you don't do uh, any patch. You've never done patch. Night, right? No, I did like two or three when I started my channel, but I just, they just don't get me excited, dude. I just hate talking about numbers. I'm just not a numbers person, dude. Right. I just hate numbers and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you don't know what it feels like, right? I just care about feel and stuff, which is a dis outside it's a bit of a disadvantage for me, but I just, nothing gets me excited about that sort right. of stuff. All I care about is the specific details. It's decision making. I'm just obsessed with decision making. That's it, you know? All right, so there was a huge thing in this community, in the community, over the last uh, week. Riot put out a... The developers talked about all these changes to the jungle that is happening. So, obviously, the whole big thing is that the jungle's been really stale. It's been Udi here from every game in competitive. And those are the champs I've been playing in solo queue. And it's, uh, it's all about the whole full clear and then, like, you know do the crab and you know do that and people say it's stale, stale and boring i mean what's your perspective on the jungle meta from the mid lane has it affected you that much think about last season compared to this season it made my yes it, it look which is this is very strange okay, okay. so this is a curtis this. unique thing this is why i think so okay <clears throat> how do i break this down so Generally, when you think of Oriana, when you think of Victor, when you think of any control mage, you actually think of champs like, you know, tankier champions being good. Traditionally, you would think, oh, Kha'Zix and XYZ, like squishier champions at least, would actually be more problematic for Oriana and, and Victor. But what I've realized is that it's actually the other way around right now. And I think the reason this is the case is that because there is so much burst damage in the mid lane and also now with Everfrost giving you extra durability, you can survive most of the burst if you have good positioning anyway and good warding and good jungle tracking that I would rather have be able to have the threat onto them and kind of play the fights fast, even with these champions that could traditionally play slow. It just feels like you have more control. But then when you come up against an Udyr Hecarim nowadays, I can't do anything. They run at me. I can't shred... They're not in the fight long enough for me to shred them anyway. They're mm. not in spot. They're running around with phase, phase rush. <laughs> yeah. Or like dead man. Yeah. Or all this stuff. Yeah. 
that I can't actually do my damage to them anyway. Yeah. And now, as well with the introduction to items like Gale Force and stuff, champions like Orianna feel way less impactful, in, in my experience, than what it than what it was. Traditionally in the past, when it was a meta like this, I actually liked playing Orianna and Victor. I thought it was great, because then I would go phase rush, I would slowly chop them down, and I could kind of like just get my damage off. It felt good in like a front-to-back team fight. But fights aren't played like that really anymore. And with all these, de- uh, what are they called? Um, Chem tank. Chem tank. All these tank jungles. Ta- phase runs. rush as well in so many jungles. When yeah. back in the day, not many jungles took phase rush. Yeah, it just no. wasn't a thing. Yeah, no. So movement speed wasn't really prioritized. It was yeah. easier to get my damage off. Yeah. So nowadays, I'd rather the enemy jungler just be a little bit, you know, they take electric or whatever they want to take. And I just... I'll take. I'll build my Zonias. I'll build my Everfrost if need be. I'll take Exhaust if need be, and then I'll just one shot you. I'll survive that initial. But it's just easier to deal with. It gives me a clearer identity with how I can play fights. So also, it also affected my champ recently because I I actually played way less Fizz. Fizz became much harder to play. What do I do when there's an Udia and yeah? I literally again? couldn't care less for Fizz. Is great, yeah, it's dude. Hard. I literally get altered. I have Force of Nature, dude. So it does nothing. I literally get healed. So, look, for, from, a, from a mid laner's perspective right now, it's not fun to play against. Really? And, and especially Hecarim. Now, I was in denial about Hecarim, actually. Really? A lot of people complained to me way before saying Hecarim's out of control. And I was You always of, thought he's a shit champion. Yeah, I always thought yeah. it was like, oh, you can just deal with him. He's very linear, right? Yeah. But then over time, I started to just die to gank after mm. gank. And I don't really die to ganks that often, but Hecarim specifically, I just got obliterated. He, like, breaks your perception of us being safe in a lane. He breaks my concept of leaning and warding. Yeah. Because you ward and lean, but he, he, he's so fast that it doesn't matter. Mm. So it like breaks it to me. Um, so Hecarim, I, I, was, I, was, I was wrong about Hecarim for a long time. And it, it took me a while to actually recognize the champions. So look, I, I think right now from a, from a midlander's perspective, jungle is stronger than it's ever been. And it's a pain in the ass. And it really limits what you can do in the mid lane. And actually, specifically, I think it's prevented, and I had this conversation briefly this morning in my Discord, it's actually prevented playing the um, shove and move strategy. I think champions like Talon and like a lot of these back in, in the past, you would like kind of shove and move. The meta's actually shifted to more play around mid lane because you're just not, first of all, you're not going to be able to get enough room to be able to roam with all these junglers and the pressure they have onto you. But also, it feels like, be, the champions that would do that can't thrive against the champions like Hecarim and Udia. So you kind of get... That's why we're seeing so much Silas and shapes like that. They just want to play around mid, mm. mid-jungle 2v2 mm. and just fight them head on. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing as well a little bit. But but anyway, it's stale and it's a pain in the ass. And I can't wait for it to change. Personally, I can't wait for it to change. So there's two aspects of this. So obviously, that's sort of been a bit of a complaint. Um, and then Riot come out with this, uh, this little game update and I'll read out some of the things here. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to break this down. So this this is not live yet, right? No, this is, uh, it's called quick gameplay thoughts, April 30th. Cause Riot likes to be transparent with the community. So this is two days ago from, uh, from this podcast. So just to clarify, is this changes that are coming out or is it? Yes. They're guaranteed to come out. These are the changes we're initially planning at time of writing, Tuesday the 27th. Tunings may change by the time this goes up on Friday, but the general rationale will still hold true. Right. So it, it's all about jungle. Jungle accessibility. So this is the first little heading, subheading here. One of our longer-term goals is to increase position preference for the jungle in lower MMR. 
This is what got a, little, a huge fuss, that first line. So they basically, with these changes, what they're, they're trying to do is they're trying to make the jungle friendlier for new players. Okay, that's the intention here. They said, we're attacking the problem from a few angles that we think will, in particular, reduce some of the esoteric optimizations. That's some big words for me. And help onboard newer players to the role. To the role. So the first change they're doing is more forgiving jungle clears. With the current shorter jungle timers, the pace of farming and ganking has gone up considerably, making every misstep a major setback for both the jungler and their team. So what they're doing here is their uh, jungle monster's base attack damage reduced across many camps. Um, jungle monster attack damage scaling reduced many camps. So basically it's going to be easier to, to stay healthy in the jungle. So the, the, just the camps overall are doing less damage That's to right. you. Yeah. Okay. Which I find doesn't really matter much these days because the clear and the way that a lot of champs, they're full yeah, HP. Yeah, full HP anyway. Right. I don't think that really changes much. So that, I don't think that changes much, right? But again, I think it's again the premise that they're, they're trying to like okay. dumb the jungle down for a lot newer players. So already I think that doesn't really matter, even for high elo, okay? Okay. Um, this is the big one. Camp respawn timer. Two minutes to now two minutes, 15 seconds. Okay. So remember, initially it was 2 minutes 30 seconds. So I can't remember what season it was. Okay. I think they changed it in season 9 to season 10 to 3 minutes 30 to 2 minutes. Okay. That was a pretty big shift in the game, right? So now they're doing it to 2.15. Um, so I don't really know what to make of that. Like, again, like the, the point that I really want to make here is I'm so desensitized to changes like this because, like, obviously this is going to change the flow of the game a lot, but... This to me just doesn't like because I've done thousands of reviews at this point, right? Obviously, people like go into their camps and and I always talk about um, you're going to make sure you're on the camp. You're thinking about your camps respawn before they spawn. You don't just you don't just do things on the map and then you're like, oh, my camps are spawn and I got to reset and then go to my camp. You've like lost maybe thirty seconds, forty seconds there, right? And usually, what they're doing there is just low impact, pointless stuff anyway, right? So, um, that may change the flow of the game a bit, 15 seconds, like, yeah, that adds up, but I think that what's definitely going to do is going to prevent the, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to just do full clear after full clear anymore. Like that actually probably makes a pretty big difference because your gromp and that sort of stuff's not going to be up for a while. Because I always, you know, think it's like you, you start blue, you know, you do like a full clear, you do the crab, then you reset for the gromp. That's not actually going to be up by the time you reset. If you, if you were to do the re the repeat AFK farm sort of mindset. Camp, the warning time, you know, on camps, how it says like, um, it's like 15 seconds till it spawns. They're reducing that to now to 10 seconds. And I was just thinking, well, doesn't that actually make it more difficult? Because now they're giving you less warning time. Isn't that a bit of a contradiction or am I reading that wrong? So the actual, so what it is now is It's currently 15 seconds. seconds and now it's down to 10 seconds. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really know what that does. I think it's a non-factor. That's pretty much a non-factor. Yeah. All right. Jungle gold from non-buff camp, buffed camps increased by approximately 5%. So um, you're going to get some more gold experience. And uh, uh, what I think that some of these changes are going to be doing is obviously moving away from the the level four jungle meta. Maybe that bring up these more, you know, back to the whole Elise, Elise in, Rek'Sai, these type of champs. Why is that specifically? Because camps spawn longer. And also, you get more gold. Okay, well, that's that's one bit. That's that that's like the little bit 
um, of like a little preview in terms of why we're potentially moving away from the whole okay. Udi Ekrem thing. Reduce snowball. So they're going to reintroduce comeback experience. So comeback experience was um, in the game again, I think it was two seasons ago, where it was like you could like gank a lane or and stuff and like spend a lot of time on the, on the map, but you could get back quickly from comeback experience from your jungle camps but then they remove that completely so that's why that's why it's so rewarding ah, to just full clear just on repeat clear. right now because because right. if, if you're that elise and you get some bad ganks off you basically have to get a good gank off currently and you know push in the wave and take some experience of god because otherwise if you do one bad gank and you're against an Uyo hecum that's like full clearing on repeat you're so far behind it's ridiculous right it's like 50 cs to like 24 and you're like two levels down instantly okay. right so they say here, another factor that is both causing too much stress, but also too much influence over the game outcome is how hard the jungle position can snowball. We think reducing this will make the position easier to break into and more enjoyable long-term. So reintroducing comeback experience, large monsters grant 50 experience per level. You are below the average level of the game, minus one. So again, goal, level advantages are not going to mean that much in the jungle anymore. So they removed this, and I think it was... I think it was healthy. I think it was unhealthy for the game, the extent that the comeback experience was. Because, again, that, that just made it so you're, you could do some bad ganks and you can still get... Like, I don't like that concept. Like, you should still be doing high percentage ganks and stuff like that, right? Um, so, I've always found that this... And when they removed it completely, I was a little bit confused. Like, I was thinking, can't you just tweak the numbers a little bit? Like, like I, I don't know what this is going to feel like, the whole 50 experience. Um, but the, the you had an example here. If the average level is seven, you get comeback experience at, at level five and below. Okay. This is an interesting one. Smite damage to monsters, uh, three ninety to a th- you know it scales up on levels. Now it's five hundred at base. So smite is always five hundred. And then awesome. and then once you get the 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 smite com- completion, it's one thousand. So uh, usually you finish your jungle line because you know you got like a quest. You know how mm. it works. So you have to smite five times. So once you finish that five, that smite five times, then you um. Now it's a thousand. So that's that's pretty insane. That's that's really strange, isn't it? What do you make of that? Maybe they're doing. Oh, I like the first part of it where it's base. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. So it doesn't matter on the level difference now, which no. also again comeback stuff. Yeah. The reason that's actually quite good is because. Um, Again, if, once one team gets ahead or the jungler gets ahead, you don't get access to any objectives. For example, like a Baron or like a Rift yeah, or a cr- Dragon, you don't get any access anymore because there is no... They don't, like the, the, your jungler's going to be ahead, so they secure every objective. Because mm, they outsmart, have more smart Yeah, damage. I like this. So, I yeah, really I, I like healthy. that as well because, um, yeah, it, it helps more come back into the game. If someone decides to like queen flip a, a bad Baron mm. play, but they just get away with it because their jungler's high level. Yeah, I like that. That's a 50-50 instantly, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? really good. So I but think I also that's good. like the higher smite damage as well, Nathan, because right now there's too many things in the game that can actually out-damage smite. Smite, yeah, that's like right. specifically Jinx Rocket. Yeah. That thing is ridiculous. Yeah, Jinx Rocket does over a thousand it's, damage. It's so damage. stupid. Um, so I like that so far. All can- the changes I make, like, just so far, I'm really happy with. Yeah. I think it's actually a step in the right direction, for me personally. I'll explain why later on. All right, so the other thing here is uh, widen the viable champ pool. We think that less reliance on having a perfect AOE clearing kit or the right CC, to- CC tools to have scuttle dominance will open up viability to a few more champs. So, How do they do that? What they're doing there is they're actually removing this, the uh, 
Sorry, no, they're not removing the CC breaks the shield on the crab, but now the smite instantly breaks it. But it's but you get that damage as well. Does that make sense? So what like do you mean? the smite, let's say crabs a thousand HP and yeah. you got fifteen hundred shield. Yeah. It you if you smite, it's now going to do a thousand damage because it breaks a shield, the five hundred HP shield, and it counts the damage as well. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, so, but how are they reducing the effectiveness of AOE kits in the jungle? Isn't that just always going to be a thing because of raptors? That's a good point, and I don't think I don't really see much how that's changed. Yeah, Omni vamp on jungle items from ten percent to eight percent. Smite percent max health healing. So I, I don't understand how that changes that yeah. at all. We think that the less reliance on having a perfect AOE clearing kit. So I'm assuming between the lower damage from camps plus is it more omnivamp or less omnivamp it's less omnivamp okay so i, I, I guess that understand. sort of affects things because then it's like because the 10 percent you're like hitting everything so you're getting all that omnivamp okay but now it's like just down to eight yeah, percent that's not, one of, that's not really, the reason why that's not the reason yeah it's just because you kill it faster that's right you don't have AOE abilities to kill the yeah, raptors that's it you know like I'm so literally really think that I'm on raptors as a level 2 at least like good yeah, luck you good know luck, yeah. even Lee Sin or anything like that camp leashing clarity this is an interesting one okay a particularly important skill for high level jungle optimization is, in, is to perfectly manage the monster leash ranges and drag them into optimal positions for max clear speed while not removing the skill we want to help newer junglers learn the rules and leash leash ranges of each monster camp so when within 200 range of causing the monster to leash, a warning particle will appear to show the monster's leash range. So that's basically saying just so it doesn't reset. You can sort of show like how far until it resets. Um, and then it wraps up by saying, at a high level, we want these changes to be helpful and satisfying for jungle, jungle players across all levels of play, but we're not aiming for a significant power increase or decrease for the position. We're giving uh, and taking away power in equal measure while shifting mechanics so that the jungle is a bit more welcoming to newcomers. There are probably a few more iterations and adjustments to make. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks again. So, um, so what are your thoughts, Nathan? Introductory thoughts. I can see why they're making these changes. And if you looked at the backlash, right, from this, people are saying, um, where is it? I'm looking at Mark here at his Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. So well, there's heaps of backlash apparently there. Yeah, it's like it's like they're making the game too easy for newcomers. And uh they're they're trying to get rid of the skill and like let's say more like older players, like all the skills sort of like going in terms of kiting camps. Um and again, it's like I'm so desensitized to this because How is it? I don't get that. Because I do so many reviews, right? And like, you could easily look at the first line, okay? And yeah. be like, and this is where the backlash comes from. It's like, one of our longer term goals is to increase position preference for the jungle and lower MMR. So it's like, it will get catering for lower ELO players, right? Yeah. And like, this is not the reason people lose games, you yeah. know? Like, I mean, yes, there isn't, there is an aspect of it of like, yeah, okay. I mean, like you could sort of say is yes, they do, you do lose games, you know, because like, you know, you're, you're not doing tempo of your camps and you're, um, you're taking too much damage in the jungle. So you can't do a gank. These are like aspects, but isn't this like a given at like high ELO? Like, like, mm, again, it's like the, the way that I view people lose games. It's like low, they took a low percentage kill. They're not playing around objectives, win conditions. Thinking about laners, matchups, wave states. 
does any of this really affect any of that? <clears throat> Look, a few things here, Nathan. Um, yes, I think they have made certain little parts of it a little bit easier, but I don't... Again, Nathan, um, these people that are complaining about making the game too easy, right? The game is already incredibly complex, and the parts that they've made easier is not what makes jungle hard. So for these people complaining, they're borderline delusional, because listen to this. Like you just said, what makes a good jungler? Because it's... Okay, think about what you can actually learn in League as a jungler. You can literally go into practice tool and do the, the clear over and over and over again until you perfect it as, mu as much as you want. That is the easy, that is the easiest bit of jungle. Mm. Pulling the cam, staying healthy, knowing how to do a full clear and come back, the timers, that is all in your control. That is the, that is the baseline level of the game. Making that a little bit easier and fast tracking that doesn't change anything. That's just like, again, that the, the analogy I would use is you're building a brick wall. That's like literally having, going to the store and buying a, 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 like a trail. That's what you've just done there, right? Mm -hmm. But building the wall itself, the skill and knowledge around using this trail to like get the mud and stack the bricks and do that, that is what makes the game hard, which is specifically identifying a good and bad gank, identifying, tracking the enemy jungler and knowing where they're going to be, understanding who's going to win the 2v2, trading objectives on the map and counter ganking and all these more advanced things. That, that is Those what, are the skills of jungle. Those are the skills of jungle. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the skills no, of jungle. It's not. No, this is the baseline. This is going to the store and buying a little fucking hammer. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. That's how I view it as well. I'm so desensitized to so these this changes. So this is these people. Like people just love to complain for the sake of complaining. Yeah. And that's what I've realized, Anthony, in league specifically, is people don't know why they are losing game. They don't know why they're at the rank they are at. Yeah. Essentially. They might have a, and maybe like a, like at the end of the day, you can't just show someone's like, this is a challenger player. This is you. You, that you could probably tell them, but okay, so, people don't think that way. Like, okay, how does that, that work? Nathan, I want to kind of use an analogy from another industry to kind okay. of explain this. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of research. I've been getting, learning more about fitness mm. in the gym, right? Mm. And um, I've noticed how there is a, so you know how there's in league YouTube content, there's the guides, Guides are like a massive thing in league, right? For yeah. us, I mean, we do guides on the yeah. did your, your legroom yeah. guide, your Eve guide. I mm. do my guides on all of my mm. champions. In fitness or in the gym, there is an insane amount of guides on like how to do, how to like squat properly, mm. or you're making these mistakes with your bench press, mm. or you, you, you fix this and you're going to know how to do dumbbell rows, right? And what's interesting is that like all of these channels they all have differing advice, specifically with squats as well, which is fascinating. You get like one guy and he'll say that it's actually due with your upright posture and your breathing and like um, having your rib cage in line with your pelvis. Someone else is going to say it's your ankle flexibility. Other people say it's like your posture and your stance. Um, other people are going to say it's like your, your glute strength. Um, certain people are going to say it's like, there's all these other like things. And what it got me thinking, I'm like, why is this the case? Why, why can you get like, you know, 10 different channels saying 10 different things? And these are all quote unquote experts. And a part of me thinks that this is similar to league because the skill of, of squatting, it's not like everyone's different. And, and it's a very like unsolved thing. They still, people are still finding out stuff about like how the human body works. And I think in league, it's very similar in the sense that um, 
a lot of people, it's not like a math formula. It's not like there's like a formula. You learn the formula, you plug it in and you get a result. League's too dynamic. League is an incredibly complex game with a lot of variables at play. And the human body is an incredibly complex thing with a lot of things at play. You could have a lot of different conditions. You can have so many things to do with wrong with you. And what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at here. So Nathan, I guess the 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 complexity, all those things wrong with you. That's like all these crazy things happening on the map. Like mid priorities happening there, and this person got chunked. This person needs the there's base. There's a lot of distractions as yeah, well. There's yeah. a lot of distractions. Yeah. And it's very difficult to pinpoint to get someone telling you the fundamentals of like a squad. Yeah. And same as League and Jungle, what you're doing is you're trying to just get rid of all the crap. Yeah. And I found one channel recently who I got recommended ages ago by Josh, and he cuts the crap. He said, this is not important. Don't focus on this. Don't focus on this. This is like, the if you're a basic and you're a beginner to squatting, this is all you need to focus on. And I was waiting for that. Cause, and, and, and I think that what I'm, what I'm seeing when I see these Reddit comments or when I see these comments on Mark Yetta's Twitter, it's the reason we are seeing these responses, Nathan, is because they're not aware of the basics and the fundamentals mm. of jungle. So if you don't understand the basics and the fundamentals of jungle, Nathan, these little, these patch notes and these little changes, it's the it's the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing to latch onto in front of you. It's just in front of your face. It's like, well, let's latch onto this one and make up some <laughs> some excuse of why this is a bad change. Yeah. Right? It's, never, it's very rare that someone is going to be like, oh, you know what, Mark? You've probably thought about this a lot more than me. And you know what? Even if I don't understand it, I'm going to, I'm going to just chill here. <laughs> no one's going to do that. No. I was like, I'll just wait for the change and see how these go. And I'll just adapt. Yeah, then I'll just adapt, right? And look, I look. I think that um, it's, in, it's a sign, the way I view the community's response, it's a sign that we're not understanding something. People are not understanding something. Mm. Maybe we're not understanding something. Maybe Mark might not be understanding something. But rather than saying the quality of the comments. I don't even think we, we I, I, when we have these discussions like this, I don't even think we should pay attention to the community's response to these sorts of things. Mm. Cause it's kind of like, um, and another example would be a referee's decision in a UFC fight. The, av- the average uh, spectator can be like, Oh, why they do that's ridiculous. But they, they know that they know the situation way better than any of us. They know the sport way better than any of us. We can complain all we want. But the decision's being made and they know it better than us at the end of the day. So I feel like let's listen to the people that really know what they're talking about rather than putting too much emphasis on this sort of thing. Because I, for one, think that these changes are exceptional for two reasons. Simplifying the whole early game crap or the early clear, if anything, it's actually going to get people to think about the things that are important which are, like you said, those jungle fundamentals. Is if anyone can do that stuff, which they should be able to, let's get them thinking about the quality of their ganks, their map awareness, are they understanding the enemy jungle location? Also, this ties into a big discussion I want to have with you, is I think they're trying to get away from jungle being a carry role more and more and more. And they want jungle to be a facilitator role, which is what I think... Fundamentally. When the ga- fundamentally, yeah. when the game was designed and when yeah. I think the game is at its healthiest, yeah. League a jungle is a facilitator role. Yeah, if you think about it, the you should always be getting less experience in golden laners. Yes. So you need to be more eco-friendly with items and you're not going to be doing as much damage or be as tanky as laners are. So... 
you yourself are never going to be able to solo carry a game. You have to play through your lanes and win conditions. That's that's correct. So so a jungler, their priority should be okay. I have X amount of resources. I have X amount of like energy and resources, time and and, time. and, and location right. of the map is a location. Resource. I, like it's spot on, right? So I I can only be at one place at a time. I can only I can't I can't go back in time and regank that lane. I have a certain amount of time. I have a certain amount of resources. I have all this stuff. I got to be very careful with where I put it. This is where assessing win conditions comes into play. Assessing low percentage kills. Low, sometimes a gank is gankable, but it's about if you gank, you show on the map. Bam. Yeah, your um, assessment of the matchups. You yeah. understand? I want I want jungle to be a more cerebral role. That's what it should be. It should be a role where you, your knowledge. Boom! I understand that matchup. That matchup should go like this. This matchup goes like this. Okay, now uh, let's uh, let's update what's happening with the waves. How are they trading? Where's the enemy jungler? Can I, can I sneak this objective? You've you, you, you got to be very... I view it as a strategic role. You're like the commander. You're like the the general of, a, of, of, a, of an army. You've got to like pinpoint where things should go and kind of put your... Dictate where the resources should go in a way. And nowadays, the fact that like a, an Udia can walk me to just solo an Oriana, mm. it's like, what the fuck is that? Mm. It's like, it's actually... It feels unhealthy for the game. If that can be, you're tanky, you have more utility than me, you're a frontline, you can solo objectives, and you can solo kill me, a carry, and I can never deal with you the entire game? What's the point? Like, what is the identity of that champion? And when the game was the most healthy, it was when, there was, there was metas, I can't think specifically off the top of my head, but jungle was a facilitator role. I think when a lot of it, when it was Ivan meta, when there was a lot of Ivan, Sidwani, um, what is the other genre? Jarvan, Jar- yeah, around. Jarvan. Yeah. I love those metas. Was I love it when it was like Elise, yeah. Jarvan, yeah. uh, Rexai, yeah. Sejuani. Yeah, those metas are amazing. Ivan, that were beautiful. I think that's season seven. Yeah, season seven. It's a beautiful meta. I, I, I would say in general. I mean, I've thought about this a lot because I've always been that farming jungler guy, right? And like more of like the carry sort of jungle. Right. But I always feel like that always drags me down all the time. Like, like it's like the way that I view like the jungle position. All these changes that Riot always does, it I feel like it's it's like a black hole. It's always bringing back to you should be a facilitator and play through win conditions right. and yeah, not yeah. just AFK farm your camps. You know, like I feel like it's always just innately what Lee is. I don't know why they just don't go all in and just accept, just get sucked yeah, into in the black hole it. and then that's it. You know, yeah, just all in on it. Why do they, they they have to try and facilitate all these other styles? Because, I mean, I see all the time. Like, I mean, people that I coach and come into my soul to, I mean, you know, they can get away with being, like, higher ranked than, than again, we don't like to say higher ranked than you should because you, you're a Shivana Diamond 4 player. You're, you're Diamond 4 level Shivana player, sure, right? It's not like you're, like, you should be gold. But, like, but the amount of fundamentals that they're missing and the real things they're not realizing they're doing or thinking about, it's like they're never going to, they're never going to, well, again, again, maybe they get confused to the point where they outrage on like a, a change like this and like that, because they're again forgetting about. Well, not even forgetting they don't have the knowledge of all the jungle fundamentals in, in the first place. Okay, what's interesting, Nathan? I want to I want to get your take on this. There are two roles right now that I feel like champ mastery. I'm a, this might be a bit controversial. Where love champion it, mastery means less. Yeah. Jungle, and eighty carry. I want to get your take on this. First of all, AD carry is a role where um, all the champions are relatively similar. Think about it. The way you, like, Varus, Jinx, Ash, all these champs, like, Jin. Again, the, the, the 
the fundamentals and the way you go about applying the fundamentals are incredibly similar. So matchups mean a lot more in bot lane, and I feel like you should have a higher or wider champion pool in, in, in the AD carry role. I believe that. But when it comes to jungle, this is the way I kind of view it. What I want junglers to eventually, this is what I think Riot should try and push, is that every jungler should have a, a, a champion in their pool that is, say, the stock standard facilitator consistent pick. You can pick this pretty much every game and you're going to have a role, you're going to have an identity, you're going to have proactive play potential, and you can, get the, you can get the win for your team if you play correctly. For example, like I said, these more facilitator styles, whether it's a, you know, um, off the top of my head, even even Olaf to a certain point, that get control, mm. um, like Ivan, Sejuani, um Jarvan, like champions like that, that can really create space, can facilitate laners, can play for 2v2s, that sort of thing. But then there's going to be the niche game, the situational game, where you can play a more carry-oriented because role. Because it's going to be a slow game. No, I'm, I'm going to say the other way around. Carrying in the jungle, the way they should, I think, right, should frame it, and I think yeah. maybe the way they're getting it to, yeah. is you carry through getting kills. But you can't do this every game. It's situational based off the champions in the game. For example, if you had a tank v tank top matchup, say you had Shen v Maokai top lane matchup, and then bot lane you had a relatively like like an Ali Braum, Varus Ash, like relatively like hard to gank on either side, like a bit annoying, and then you had a pretty annoying safe control mage v control mage and Nivea versus X. It's very difficult to play a champion like Xin Zhao or a Elise, or these sorts of champions in these games. It can be. I'm not saying every game, but it can be. Most of the time, it's going to be a little bit trickier. But you, and you can have these games where you have Aurelia versus Fiora, or um, Aurelia versus Jax, or you might have um, Janna versus Leona, Botley, Blitzcrank versus Nami. Um, you're going to have Fizz versus Talon in the mid lane. You can have a lot more melee versus melee matchups, heavier trading matchups, a lot more kill threat, gank threat, in which champions like the Elise like the Zinzel, like the Kane, these champions, if they get a few kills in the early game, they can take over a game and become and actually decide to opt into a carry role. Now, what they would have to do is that they would have to overall decrease the amount of XP you would get from camps, but somehow increase the amount of XP you would get from assists and kills from junglers, maybe. What you would do, what you would have then, is you would have... Um, you would I, ideally like what I'm trying to push here. I don't know how to do it specifically, but you would you would have a very clear identity with the way you play a game as a jungler. I'm going into this game off the champ select, playing and picking this champion because I am opting in for a carry role, not because I'm going to farm faster than enemy jungle. Like shit, like Carthage jungle shouldn't happen. It shouldn't even be mm. in the jungle, in my opinion. Mm. I'm going to carry through getting kills because if you think about carrying in a, in a lane, carrying comes from kills, and I think that. Most of the the golden XP should come from actual kills and killing. Well, someone. that's that's the problem, Curtis, because then those champs like Kane and Carthus and stuff, they're literally just gone. Because yeah, the champions are shitty designed. Because they really, are. if that's the case, think about it. At least Rexar, they can get kills much easier. So they'll be like six levels ahead of a game. Yeah, so I don't know how you would balance this, but because right now what I feel like is a lot of jungle champions don't have an identity. Mm. And this is what makes things sloppy. They're trying to cater for a role mm. that is inherently confused. How can you have a role 
like mid lane, like lane is just done perfectly. They've yeah. really nailed yeah, lanes. Yeah, lane's excellent. Lane's excellent. They've they've really balanced it. Like you can play a fizz and you can play an azir. You like can the play. the health of minions and how long it takes to like push in away. Yeah, they've they've really nailed that. But with towers jungle, I think they've they've fucked up somewhere yeah. and they don't know how to fix it. Yeah, because how can you have in a game like how do you how are they how are you fund how are they fundamentally viewing the game in the sense like the role of jungle. And within the role of jungle, how do they believe champions should get XP and gold? Mm. Do they want it to come from lanes, predominantly come from lanes, or do they want it to come from predominantly from the jungle? Yeah. So currently, right now, it's from the jungle. From the, from the jungle. And I don't think that's healthy. And again, what they're trying to do with this catch-up experience, they're trying to make it a little bit more... Yeah, more more gank-oriented. We have more time to go for ganks and things like that, But also not completely butchering the the last playstyle. So, like, that's what I'm saying. I think the changes are a step in the right direction. They're pushing for more gank-oriented junglers because they have the catch-up XP. If they get behind, they can get laners ahead. And I genuinely think that is the best way to win League. And the spawn timers are longer on camps. Yeah, which is great. It gives you more time to dick around and hover a lane for a longer period of time if you really want to. And not get as punished. So I think they're going in the right direction. I think these changes are great. Because I think, again, tying back to this is the way I believe Lee should be played. And it makes it more friendly of the jungle role for newer players. It does. I think. Yeah. Remember... The jungle's a messy role, Nathan. It it's is. It's a very messy role. Uh, remember, that's what we say. Remember as well, was it the thing that you said you agree with Alice on? Was you actually should play lane to to diamond four first yeah. before playing before you jungle? Before play jungle, yeah. I agree with that. Or at least high plat, at least. Cause, because what you're doing there is because you're missing a lot of the fundamentals of jungle because you don't understand lane. Because lane, jungle should be an base extension of base of lanes. That's, That's right. the and way, when you, when you learn the game in the tutorial, mm. it should be like lanes, the game of League of Legends is based off minions, XP and lanes. The jungle is a complementary role to help facilitate lanes. They should like go on. That's the the basis of what league should be. Playing a jungle and like these people that have those incredibly toxic narratives where that jungle's the carry role and they give me all their ex- the yes you can theoretically climb like that but it's I don't know man the fact that that doesn't translate at all to competitive play which is the peak of gameplay mm. just says something wrong. There's something mm. wrong there to me. So it's a very complex, an incredibly, incredibly complex problem that I don't know how you would really balance it because I think what they've actually done is they've messed up. They've messed up right from the beginning. The big thing for me is last season, this wasn't even this season, last season when I had that Shivana one-trick who played on locked camera as a jungler, maker the Diamond 4, who came to me for coaching. That's when I was like, okay, this is int- Imagine playing jungle on locked camera. Shivana. On locked camera. Locked camera. You're not looking oh, at a single way. Is it AP Shivana? AP Shivana. Oh. Dude, like, you that's have a your problem. work cut out for you there, dude. Oh, yeah. That's he, like going back to square one. You go back to gold one. Yeah, he did. He did go back to gold. Oh, you went back to yeah, gold. Yeah. That just shouldn't... That's... A, that's Come on, Nathan. That's something wrong with that. There's something wrong that that can happen. Yeah. That's insane to me. Mm. You're just not playing the game, really. No, you're just, just game. not playing the game. That's right. That's not League of Legends. That's no. a mini game. Yeah. You played a mini game to Diamond Four. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, this kind of ties into a, an entire discussion, which I kind of we briefly touched on this morning in my um, MLA in the Midland Academy. We're talking about how, like, look, I don't. I had to ask. I said this, guys. 
do I make it clear enough in my content, in my coaching sessions, that you become a better player by focusing on the fundamentals? Like, do, do I make that clear enough? And a lot of them say, yeah. Mm. But the reason I asked this is because my gold session this morning was I did an Azir VOD, a Silas VOD, a Kiana VOD, and a Yone VOD. Right? Now, look, people can play whatever they want. But I think, I, I, look, a part of me thinks I just haven't made it clear enough. You will be a better player, have more fun. You have just a short-term amount of fun. Yes, you might have more fun playing your, your funny little champion now. Especially staying in your comfort zone. Staying in your comfort zone, playing yeah. the fun, the champ that you love right now. But you're actually going to have less fun overall because you're going be, to actually lose a lot more games. You're going to create some in, crazy invisible narratives. That's going to burn you in the long run. And you're actually going to ha- end up not liking your champion because you're going to lose with it so much. But if you were to just get good at the game first from a fundamental level, and then you can come back and you can have a blast. You can have a blast. You can play whatever champ you want. Once you get around mid-plat, you're all good. But I just... People... And it t- ties down to this jungle thing. It's just the fundamentals of jungle and the fundamentals of mid are so misunderstood. League of Legends is so fun to me because I understand everything that's going on in a game. And then it's like, great, I understand everything that's going on. Like, how do I make the best decisions around that? And like, when I lose, I understand why I lost. Like, that's cool. It's a fun little project. And, and you know, I was thinking as well, Curtis, is, you know how you say the game starts at Master Tier? Hmm. I was thinking maybe it's even higher than that. Really? Yeah, like, maybe it's like GM 200 LP. No, let's just say Master. Let's say Master. Yeah. Because that's when it does. That's yeah, when I okay. feel like the game really does start. Yeah. That's when League is the most fun. That's when League is the most fun. It is fun. the most fun. Yeah. When you, people, when you get to that level, yeah. you're, you're, you're in a different... It's just like optimization. It's it so is. fun. It's like you're tinkering away at a little project. It's like, mm. it's like imagine if... Imagine... Okay, what would be more fun to you? Learning the process of like building a car from scratch or being able to build a car from scratch mm. and, just then, and then like playing yeah. it out with your skill set. Yeah. What's more fun? It's a good analogy. Or would it be le- learning how to it's build... It's like restoring a- cars and stuff yeah. like that. Or, or learning learning the skill of how to build a house or being able to build a house and actually like figuring out how to use your skill set in different ways. That's why I told people the LP just doesn't fucking matter, dude. Yeah, at the end of the day, matter. you could be gold, you could be silver, you could be <laughs> platinum, you could be diamond. You're all learning how to play the game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like obviously those are different levels of learning, but that's all what you should just view it as. It's all just learning. It's all just learning, yeah. But again, I just don't think we do a good job of getting this across. Yeah, maybe not. We just don't. Apparently, yeah, I guess I guess a lot of people's perception is like Master's like this impossible, like, you know. Mm. But it's like, again, like, it's not because Master's here, plus I can look at the decision making and then it's like, oh, that's good decision making based on the information you have. You've done the, the correct yep. analysis. Of the inf- you've collected all the information. You've made the decision based on it. Great. So, Nathan... With jungle, do you feel as though, um, look, you know how I said before, I said that Riot kind of screwed up from the beginning. Yeah. Do you think if, if, if say from the beginning, jungle never had these champions like Kane, like Karthus, like, um, what are these all like farm, like Yi jungle, yeah. like very like carry on to the cha- The whole champ- Mun- when Mundo came in. Yeah, even like Mundo jungle. Yeah. Champions that can't, they have like very little u- utility. Yeah. They're just purely farm yeah. and then spike at like one or two yeah. items and then take over the game. Yeah. If you, 
if you removed that style completely, I don't know how you would do that. Maybe prevent them from taking smite. <laughs> I don't know how you would do that. But if they just removed that and they gave jungle a really clear identity, mm. jungle was this facilitator style role. Wouldn't you think that would even make it? Wouldn't that okay? Both do a few things. One, it would incentivize people to really learn, learn the, the fundamentals, yeah. learn the role yeah. itself, rather than playing yeah. the champion. And it would also make p the role more attractive because you know exactly what you're getting into. That's right. Because when you get into the jungle, you actually don't know what the fuck you're getting into. Yeah. Like, what am I learning? Like, it's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of confusion. What role is even this? on my even on my reviews, like. Like some some reviews that I do, like on a champion, like let's say like I review in a Mundo game or you know stuff. It's like I, I sometimes just speed through review because there's nothing really, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. You know, it's just like full clear, full clear, full kill, some full clear, full skirmish, clear, kill, yeah. full kill. You know, mm. and like that's it. Yep. And and I think that I mean I personally think that I would be a much better player if that's the case because I did all this for years, right? Right. I mean, now I, I understand when I review games, I can understand, you know, what how to play these champions. And I'm yeah. actually, like, learning them a bit more myself now because of these changes. But, um, yeah, I think that if they never introduced those champs to the game... And it was a very clear The jungler identity. would have a much clearer you identity. To, so all the junglers in the game would be utility-focused. Doesn't mean they can't, like, quote-unquote, like, snowball with a lead, but they, they are largely utility-focused... Yeah. Or hardcore gank focus. They do one this, or the other. They do this with support, don't they? Think about champs like Rowl yeah. and stuff. They're useless. Like yeah. they, you can never play them in any other role, but they're purely designed for support. Yeah, they're purely designed. Yeah, and sometimes they occasionally slip up to other lanes, but it's very rare. Like Nautilus did go mid for a while and play top for a little bit and like stuff like that. But majority of the time, they're like, well, I mean, it's clear their identity. Of yeah, their like I'm thinking about new champions coming into game and stuff. Actually, even Yumi. I guess I guess I can't say that because Lilia. Wait, could Lilia play lane? She did play lane a bit, didn't she? She did a little bit, yeah. But she's mainly a jungler. Wait, what are the other junglers? Yeah, but Lilia is good because Lilia is the combination of both. I like Lilia. Yeah. Lilia is utility. Yeah, she's just Purely utility. Yeah, her win rates have plummeted. So, so... Wait, what, what are other jungle champs that have come out, Curtis? Um, Holy shit, I'm, I'm lost here. Uh, so there was Lilia. <laughs> there was... <laughs> Remember, I think we talked about this before, yeah. but there hasn't really been junglers at release. Like, I think Kane was like the last one before then. Like, honestly, I don't know. Let me just quickly have a look. So, Nathan, I want to I want to share you a different way of viewing this. You know, when you get a job and there's like a description, it's like these are the roles and responsibilities for this job. Yeah. So you get a job, like say you're yeah. getting you're, you're 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 getting a marketing job. Yeah. And you get like a criteria. It's like it's like okay, um, Jimmy, these are your roles and responsibilities for this job. This is what if you come in every day, this is exactly what you're going to be doing. This is what you're signing up for. When it comes to AD carry, it's very clear. Mm. When it comes to support, it's mm. very it's relatively clear. Yeah. When it comes to top lane, even then it's relatively clear. Yeah, it is. It it's is. like you're either a carry top laner. Yeah. Or you're some utility support. Mid lane, it's relatively clear. You're either playing some form of skirmish-oriented mid laner, you're playing some form of mage, or you're playing some of uh, some sort of assassin. And like, it's really easy to identify your uh, your identity. When it comes to jungle, like, what is going on there? What are you signing up for? What when you where what are the roles and responsibilities of a jungler? And I think you know why there's such a jungles get blamed so much. It's actually not. It's not the laner's fault why they view like that. I'm not saying this is jungle's fault either. I'm saying it's Riot's fault because mm. the laners don't actually have an idea 
what the jungler of what the jungler should be doing. Yeah, and it's what Whippo said. I told this said last week. I really love what he said. He said most toxicity comes from a failure to understand what that person, that role should be doing, that champion should be doing. So you get like a say this random Z player mid, and they start flaming their jungler. And he's got a cane, or he's got like a. He's got like a yeah. He's got like a cane just jungler. Just of course he can't gank. Shit and but like that guy's gonna be upset because he doesn't. Under, he might not even understand what that champion's limitations is, nor understand the role because that previous game maybe he did have another champion that just ganked and mm. ganked and ganked. So like the laners and even the junglers themselves are actually confused about what the what is their responsibility here? Is it better for me to play for lanes, or is it better for me to play? more greedily and then with all these changes with items it's making it even more confusing you introduce this ridiculous chem tank item that's cheap and you can run down and solo kill mid laners and then the next patch you can't do shit on the same champion mm. it's a shit show it is isn't it it's yeah a shit show. i mean yeah i mean literally how can the identity of a champion like hecarim shift that much, much just because like if they remove chem tank from the game suddenly you're doing hecarim suddenly there's just so much weaker yeah it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Like an identity of a mid lane, like they can shift, but not that much. Yeah. Like Oriana's on Oriana. What about with the whole, uh, what was that big change? They got rid of the, the, um, Morello's, Leandri's, something. The, the thing that affected Cassidy a lot for his items. Oh, um, Roa. Yeah, Roa. That, yeah. That was that. I mean, it definitely did affect some of their identities, but they replaced it with some pretty similar items, so it's fine. Like, Everfrost really okay. was very similar Got it. in many ways. Yeah. So your jungle's a bit of a mess, man. It's a goddamn mess. I'm glad I don't play that role. But I feel like it's a very it's a very satisfying role if you get to that level. Oh, yeah, I love it. Like, if you get to Monster with Jungle, that'd yeah. be a fun experiment, mm. like getting to that level. Mm. But getting to that level is a pain in the ass. I'm very much a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of knowledge you gotta you gotta you gotta pick up and stuff. I mean, you pretty much if you want to play effectively at a high elo in jungle, you gotta know like wing condition path in pretty well. No, but man. also as well, you can't improve your skirmishing, which is such an important That's part of the jungle. That's true as well. Yeah. Because improving skirmishing as a laner is so much easier. It is because you're always doing it. You're always tethering and yeah. stuff like that. All right. So, is there anything we need to wrap this section up specifically with, or you have some other my things? Final thoughts was pretty much yeah that these changes don't really these changes don't really mean that much. People just should just go back and think about the fun. at the end of the day the jungle wall still exists, you know, like it it's still always going to exist. Jungle wall is an excellent the fog of war and not that's that's the x factor of games isn't it imagine if I saw someone's comment saying just remove jungle just make it a four v four. And yeah, that would be pretty shit, wouldn't it? Yeah. How would the game as a whole less as a you're, you're, it's like the, that, the whole complexity is a lot of it's gone, isn't it? You'd be removing a sense. You know how we have the sense of taste and like mm. smell and mm. stuff. You'd be removing one of them completely. Mm. So it's like you can't taste, or we can't smell, or you can't see. It's one. It's one of the senses just removed completely, and that's what makes you know the whole experience. You know. Eating a meal so beautiful. It's not just it's, you see All the, the visual, the <laughs> the sound of the the crunch and like the the texture. It's like everything, you know. It is, yeah. It's, it's all. The That's roles. what makes league. It's like all the senses. Yeah. I like your analogies, Curtis. <laughs> all right. So my next um, topic here, Curtis, is about fear. There's some irrational fears that I hear from some of my clients. Um, 
and even going into um, the ranked games. So we, um, I was reading some of the challenges. So in our book club, because there's a challenge, there's a challenge in Can't Hurt Me. I think it's the yep. first challenge. You have to talk about some of your fears and insecurities and stuff like that. And someone said um, they had a fear of throwing a game, right? And it's so interesting to me. It's like, if you have a fear, so that's like why you wouldn't be playing ranks because like they're scared to like hit that Q button and like throw a game. But it's like, you've got to throw a game to learn, right? Is it wrong in, wrong in saying that? And it was so interesting to me how that's viewed as a fear. So Nathan, look, what do you I, reckon? We, we're, we're not psychologists at the end of the day, but we, we can have a theory. Yeah, let's have our theories, Curtis. That might extend to something that they've lived with their entire life. They, they haven't they been taught to fail. Up. Yeah. Again, it, it, it is a, a deeper part of a growth mindset. Yeah. Which is what our goal true. is with this podcast is yeah. to, and the book club is to help develop a growth mindset. Mm. And I think when you when I hear those things specifically around not wanting to play ranked or scared of playing ranked or any of those things, it says uh, if you dig deeper and dig deeper, dig deeper, it's a failure to fully internalize the growth mindset. Yep, I think that's pretty spot on. Because maybe in his life he hasn't been challenged to a point where he's he's been forced to fail and then learn and then grow and then go again. Either he maybe he failed, but he never got a second attempt, or they said give it up. Mm. Which that's not his fault. I mean, he, it mm. might have been that he might have been a victim of his circumstances, or maybe um, again he didn't have proper teachers or people guiding him to actually get the learning from those painful experiences to to, to move on forward again. Another painful experience. Or maybe um, like like my like my parents, I wasn't pushed to do anything. If I was bad at something, I was forever just bad at something. Bad. I was just I was just it. I wasn't naturally talented, so why do that? So I mean, there's a lot of people have look. I'm assuming that is probably the the likely cause of of his fear for that one specifically. So then I started thinking of other fears that people have. And another one popped up in my coaching session today. I think this is a different one. Um, I wouldn't say this is like a growth mindset. I think these are like a different type of fear. It's like a trap or a visible narrative, I guess. That's what it mm, is. Mm. But, but he said well, to me, fear quote, could be the response of the, it could be like the, the byproduct of having an invisible narrative. Like fear is like an emotion. Isn't like a feeling, isn't it? Yeah. So fear, fear would be the output of feeling or like the, the result of having an invisible narrative, wouldn't it? So this specific situation, he was positioning in a place that it was really risky and he actually died for it and uh, he should have lost objectives, but you know, that's another, another story. He should have got punished for it, but um, he, he was mispositioned. He was in, he died and he, and I said, why are you positioned here? What's going on? And he says, oh, I'm scared my team will randomly engage. And then we broke down the situation, right? Because it was four mid, we had a NASA split push in top. And then we had our ADC bot just pushing. So that's great. We're getting lots of advantage. Four of me, they're doing the good old ARAM. Why? Like, it's so low percentage. It's almost never going to happen. That it was a TF Galio. They're going to engage on four people. There was no minion wave. And then, and then what he was doing, he was saying um, he was just there to, like, scare him off the tower or something like that, you know? But you actually want them to be there in a way. And, and he said it was a fear of his team engaging. And that, that's a that's a very real, real fear in league. Like, yeah, sometimes you need to hover and like use your teammates as bait and stuff. But in that specific situation, that really hurt him. And I was really it was so interesting to me that specific situation because then again I was thinking, I guess it's just an invisible narrative that like he just said was like a fear. It's like, well, again, he's not like breaking down the whole what's that play. 
I've experienced basically an identical thing many times. Now, two, there's two parts of this. One, I don't know if you've experienced the same, but when you just keep asking, why do you do, why did you do this? Mm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What's going through your head in this exact moment? You get some fascinating, fascinating answers. <laughs> you do, the more, you? And like I've been finding myself <laughs> yeah. progressively throughout my coaching sessions yeah. asking more questions than I've ever done. Yeah. Because I'm just like, where? it's like they're giving me what I, they're giving me the, the answers. Mm. Like it makes my coaching so much easier. Like I just ask them like, so why did you shove out this wave here? Like what's going through your mind? Like, oh, I thought, I thought this would deny them more CS. I'm like, and then you just say, boom, it's a wave of management problem. Mm. It's just so easy. Mm. And like you look at other coaching as well and, and it's just like a other people coach a lot of the time. They're just telling them what do you do? This is what you do here. This is what you do here. And I've, I've fallen into that trap in the past before. But the more questions I've asked, the easier it makes our job. It's fascinating. It's really interesting things. But anyway, exact same situation I had um, with a player who played, I think he was playing Vlad. He was either Vlad or Cassin. I can't remember. If it was, I think it was Vlad. And he was versing a Zed. And he, had a, he said, he told me, he said, I have mental block versus Zed. So I said, okay, let's look at this VOD specifically then because he had a few. And we looked at this Vlad versus Zed. And um, the Zed, you... Sorry, he was play, he was versing the Vlad, I believe. Um, no, sorry, he was the one playing Zed. He was versing the Vlad, sorry. And the Vlad just used W. Like he did go for a really good combo and then the Vlad just used W or something like that. And then I'm like, why are you scared? Like, he has no cooldowns. Like, you don't need to be... It's not like he can randomly have abilities up all the time. He can't. He just can't kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there are some situations where you have to be a little bit yeah. worried or concerned or back up and yeah. respect. Was he full HP? It, it wasn't really about the HP. It's just giving space for no reason. Like, he's, he's not CSing when he could be thinning the wave or he could be looking for more trades. His cooldowns were up. He could have looked for an tra aggressive trade, but he just didn't. He's like, he could just trade back onto it. I'm like, no, he can't. He doesn't have abilities. And what it got me thinking to myself was like, okay, so I reflected on this and I think these sorts of, very similar to this situation here. So you asked that guy why he was Yeah, I was that. asking why. And what was his and response? Why? He's like, yeah, I just think he, he can kill me. And, and like, I'm just scared if he can do that. Like he just doesn't think specifics enough, right? He has no W, his cooldown's like 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, he hasn't, didn't actually think about that. So it got me thinking, like why does this sort of specific... And he was afraid that because Vlad's like... In his mind, he's got a mental block versus it. He's yeah. one shot him. Yeah, yeah. He's no matter what. Randomly, I don't know how. I, I don't. I don't know. You just, it's not rational, right? No, but we in that situation, it's not possible. But yeah, that's probably true in some situations. In situations same thing yeah, here. Same thing here. Exactly. Where your team problem. can engage, but in that moment, it doesn't make sense. So, so I think Nathan, where this problem actually, where it, I don't want. To, it's not even a visible narrative. I think. I think it's literally a uh, a conditioned response. That's what it is. So when you are learning the game or when you don't know much about something, let's just say, um, yeah, so let's just say this person has been playing a lot of the game and as he's learning, he, he kept dying to this Zed or Vlad, whatever it was. And over time, because he didn't really understand what was happening, maybe he autopiloted the games and he's playing with friends casually, he develops this, this condition response. Whenever I verse this champion... I I'm can never I play can never win lane or I'm always yeah. going to die mm. because and, and, and usually this stems from a misunderstanding about whether it's the cooldowns or how the champion works I haven't bothered to go into practice and play that champ and actually get into the details so if you're general and your approach into, into review 
or don't review whatsoever, this sort of thing can happen. If you mindlessly play the game, you will create some, and we say this all the time, if you mindlessly play the game for a long period of time, you will create some nasty habits yeah. that can take a long time to re mm. un unlearn or mm. replace with something else. And I think this is what happened. He, he was a Vlad, I think he was like a, a Z1. He was, he was the Vlad, sorry. He was the Vlad versus the Z. He was a Vlad one trick. Got it. And he just played hundreds or potentially thousands of games. Versus of Vlad. a Z. Yeah, but over the period of years and years and years. Yeah. But he hasn't got specific. So he has his conditioned response. I am, I am Vlad. I should be scared because of X. And he always one shots me. Same thing with this guy. He's had a lot of experiences across his league journey where he's based... And they've got engaged upon, and he's like, oh, my team always engages when I'm not there. Painful experience, not getting into the review, condition response. The counter to all of this is literally getting into the details. Get specific. Everything that happens in the game makes sense. There's always a reason for why something happens. This guy might find, Nathan, in your response, in your situation, he might find that there are specific variables. This is what I said. This is why I get into the variables. What variables are you not considering? The location of the teammates. Are these guys recalling? Is there genuinely any kills? Specifically, how are they going to kill them? Um, their tendencies throughout the game. I, that's a big one I talk about personally. Is like tendencies throughout a game. You can actually you can actually gauge throughout a game more and more. It's more data. It's like it's like AI. You get more data, more data, more data, based off, and you can actually predict how people will play the game. Right? If, if this guy has gotten caught three, four times, yep. he's going to get caught again. Yep. So there's always a reason, and there's ways you can optimize this. You can't you can't have a blanket statement or a blanket. That's so dangerous. I always the moment someone says blanket things to me, these General nice little stuff. sentences. Uh, I always or this always yeah, happens. Yeah. Those sorts of statements, dangerous. Uh, and that's that's why sometimes I hate um, guides and sometimes like champion identity stuff. Because if you go all in, because it's like, let's say Eve, your job actually gets to level six. You, apparently you can't do anything early game, but there's a certain specific situation where you can you can just destroy even a lease in. Yeah, certain situation. You know? If, if your situation arises. I remember this example. I had a game. I was Eve versus Rek'Sai. I didn't do a nice little level four clear. I understood that she, she, I was matching pathing with Rek'Sai. I did a four camp, matched his four camp, counter ganked bot, triple kill against a Rek'Sai as Eve. Yeah. <laughs> and won the game because I was just assessing my bot wave. specific. You're just getting very into the detail. Super specific. Is, yeah. And I knew what was going to happen. He was going to yeah. gank bot. He was probably going to think that I'm just going to be an Eve and just be defensive. Bam, I'm matching a Rek'Sai gank level three game. Well, this is why, Nathan, you've got to have a hypothesis. I fucked that up in other games. Yeah. But you looked at the specifics, why that didn't or did or didn't work. Actually, one thing, this is a this is one thing that I've actually noticed a lot in my games recently. Um, sometimes, you know how it's like beating to the, to the punch in counter ganks? Um, I, I've been doing that effectively, but I don't take into consideration. Sometimes when I have like uh, a Lulu or a Yumi lane early, it doesn't matter if I'm counter ganking because we still lose anyway. Um, it's actually lost me a couple of games recently. That's just um, some advice there. Right, yeah. Um, because they had like a thresh or something like that. And I kept doing that and, mm. and I lost a lot of games so you were following it. the rule blindly, blindly without yeah. getting into the details. details. Yeah, yeah. yeah got you. It's like, oh, wait, like that fucking... Like I thought it was like, wait, this this looks perfect, man. Usually I win these situations. But then I was like, oh, I got a Yumi and I got a thresh. I mean, I think against a thresh. It doesn't even matter. And they have, I have a Lou, like it doesn't matter. And I love that, dude. And I, and I love... 
I love this is we always say the same thing get into the details it's the same boring shit at the end of the day but like yeah. you just can't escape it no. and if you fail to do this mm. it will bite you in the ass in the long run you'll not enjoy the game you will, yeah you're not you're not going to enjoy the game you're going to be on Mark Yetis Twitter with, you're going to play with fear and scared all the time mm. I can't do this I can't do that or you're going to do things and get punished for it without understanding why um yeah a lot of a lot of stuff and I think this fear is actually um it's very toxic is it is it, is it irrational fear? Is that what it is? Irrational fear? Yeah, an irrational fear. Yeah, I would say so. It's kind of like, would you say it's someone who gets afraid of the dark when they're a kid? Yeah. In a way? Yeah. Because you've watched too many horror movies and you think that darkness equals monsters. Right. That's what it is, right? When you're a kid, you like yeah. think, oh, there's all robbers or like yeah. bad people. Bad yeah. things happen at night, right? Yeah. But, but fear, fear is a very healthy thing for humans. Definitely, because if you if you weren't afraid, you'd just be humans would be dying all the time, right? Right, but and, you got to manage it. Yeah, you got to manage it, and also like if someone was had zero fear about everything their entire life, that person would have to go to a hospital to figure out what's going on. But even in life. league, if you didn't have anything, you would die all the time. Yeah, that's right. You're just going and die all <laughs> yeah. the time. Like you would need. Here we go, we're going in. <laughs> I don't care about losing this game at all. Yeah. You know, yeah, you gotta have some some form of caution. So Fear's you gotta be healthy. caution. Ca- was it cautious? Sorry, Ca- you gotta be yeah. cautious. Um, t- kind of ties into this. I got an interesting story. So Tim, in my oh, we got a thousand Tims, but Tim, yeah, Tim. the Nico player, <laughs> okay, in in, in my yeah. Milan Academy, yeah. So he has made a remarkable climb transformation yeah so he's made diamond four and he said it's the first time he's been diamond in like seven years yeah like he got diamond ages ago mm. and then he couldn't he was stuck in pla- i think it was gold plat for like years and now he's climbed back to d4 from like i think he last last season he finished low plat platform whatever it was he made a platform to diamond four this season anyway the way he did it was he adopted the mindset where he got incredibly specific about um, his main champion, Nico. So in the past, he would have like irrational fears about certain matchups. He would have an, um, preconceived um, notions about how a matchup should play out or what you need to do or what champions would do into you. He, he didn't really question his, all these narratives he had with the champion. Then he started doing 1v1s and he started realizing all these invisible narratives he had about the champion. And he made identities. He made a champ identity sheet. Got very specific. Got into the matchup spreadsheet as well. Got very specific about the matchups. Over time, he viewed he's tinkering away, tinkering away, until every single matchup he's getting specific. I can I can do this. I can optimize it with this room page. I can play the waves in this way. I can play a, a much slower Nico game here, but a fast one here. And I can take comment here, TP here, ignite here. Got detail, details, specific details. Got rid of all these invisible, invisible narratives. Has like this insane growth mindset. Boom, out of nowhere, Diamond 4. And... And how many months? Yeah, it's been like three months. Wow. And so this is the opposite to this. He has approached it with an open mind. He's approached the situation and say, okay, I'm in the shit. I don't, I, I'm, I'm irrationally fearing certain matchups. I am irrationally losing, coming in with false ideas about matchups. Okay, instead of complaining about it, I'm on Discord saying, Curtis, I lost this matchup. My teammates wasn't helping me, so on and so forth. My champ sucks. Okay, brilliant. You l- really love the champion? You want to make it work? Get into the details. Mm. 1v1s. Matchup spreadsheets. Going on YouTube, seeing how other people play those matchups. Again, 
and again and again. He followed that process. He adapt. He he adapted that or adopted that mentality. A process is always going to get results in the story. It just does. Yeah, it works for me. And um, I love sharing those sorts of stories because it's, it's it's motivational. It's like holy shit, mm. dude. Mm. Diamond Four is an amazing achievement. He's got it, and he thought it was going to take him to the end of the season. He's already Diamond Four. He doesn't. He hasn't really. He's going to get to Master TNX, right? right he does, and, and he says he's got to figure out a goal that excites yeah. him because he doesn't know what excites him at the moment. Okay, but um, dude, the process and these people that are scared, whether you're scared of playing solo queue, whether you're scared of certain champions, whether you're scared of certain situations in the game, fear or an emotion is a sign. We always say that, right? Emotion is a sign. If you feel scared or nervous or anxious or whatever it is, frustrated, angry, go to that moment again. I always say that my landing page, if you feel uncomfortable, go to that situation, break it down. That is a sign something is going wrong. Use the exact same for the opposite. What feels really good in your games? I'm sure there's ganks that feel exceptional. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, I know what's looking. It's like, oh, this is going to be, this game winning stuff. It's but then you can replicate good. that. Well, you can create <laughs> principles around that or That's you can right. replicate that somehow. What, what, what did you see here that allowed... <laughs> You to create this amazing situation. I know what a good champ, a good game looks like on this specific champion. I know what a great early game looks like for Nunu. I know what a great early game looks like for Udia Hecarim. Beautiful. I love it. Free wins and that no one talks about Curtis. Oh, again, I just got to get this off my chest. This is a. Do you get this as well? On your Discord. No. Okay, so I have, uh, I had someone today, Zinnia, I'm going to call him out, Zinnia. I think oh, he said- Zinnia, no, dude, I love Zinnia. Yeah, no, Zinnia, and he's a smart kid, Yeah, but he's still young, so he's, he's <laughs> young emotions, he's, he's, he's a hot wild, <laughs> out of control, and he said something this morning, saying how like I had seven or eight losses that out of my control this morning, yeah. and I said- I could, I could, I didn't say I could bet my, this is what I felt inside though. I could bet my entire bank account that there were multiple games within those eight games that were definitely in your control. I hope he's taken up that bet. And, uh, and, and he just says, there's auto losses, right? You just get these auto losses. Yeah. And he started getting into the review and figuring out like, you know, okay, yeah. I understand how I should get to skirmishes earlier yeah. I got, I, because I had poor bases, my jungle got invaded. You get into the details, you figure it out. It's very obvious. But what's fascinating is that I see a lot of people complain about auto losses. I see it in my Discord quite often. They don't complain, but they say, they'll just post this screenshot and say like, something like, oh, I, I hate that. You see that? that. They, have, like, uh, they, they themselves have this really good score. I, I, I've caught enough people out like that. I think that's why people don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. Uh, I, I, basically say, I basically say, is this useful to anyone? Yeah. I've got to start calling that out because I'm sick of it as well. It's like they post this screenshot and it's like, Look at me, how good I am, but my yeah, teammates. Yeah, look song. at me. That's correct. That's exactly what I'm and saying. And I'm like, okay, what about all the games where you did poorly, but then you got a free win? No one talks about. No one would ever screenshot that and be like, "Hey, guys, got a free win here." <laughs> no, <laughs> because that that means that it's it, no. You know the way free wins. People like try and hide them. Yeah, they like, like hide them. They're like, they stash them away. They dude. stash them because like oh, I actually played really well that game. Like even though that person's just like AFK, you know, like. Actually, actually, you know, actually, it's also actually the opposite on my Discord. Sometimes yeah. I think it's actually they try and highlight those games, and and then I like see it's like, you know, what like did you do here? Come how on. did you contribute to this? Yeah, win? how did you contribute to this win? Because you get those wins, but people, I think what they do, they, they conflate, hide them. No, they conflate free wins that they played well. That's right. That's what they do. Yeah. 
like they they have this game where they go like they have a score and like two and three or five and five something like really dirty really messy <laughs> yeah. and they they actually just got carried right yeah. they got the free win their yeah. bot lane just popped off yeah. I mean you don't, they don't you don't hear them say anything about these games in my discord anyway no one no. says in it but they always bring up the free losses. Yeah. So it's like we put this huge emphasis on the on the losses. Well, again, humans in general highlight the negative more. They than have the, the negative, That's just but it's just behavior. But what you what what happens with the result of doing this over a long period of time mm. is that you actually forget that free wins happen. That's right. So yeah. So you, you think can, that the world's out to get? Yeah, you. the world's out. To, it's it's victim mentality. Mm. By doing what you're doing by highlighting the free losses, you are literally developing a a, a victim mentality. Yeah. And they don't realize it. If you zoom out and you do this again and again and again. It, it, even games where it's not so much... It, it's like the game wasn't even just a normal game. Like someone just like didn't connect or was late to land. They just like win the game. Yeah, people like hide though. I swear they just hide they them. hide them. Because if, imagine if you got like six in a row and you got to like platinum. Like, hey guys, hit platinum. You know, or something like that, right? But people like to hide that. It's terrifying, man. I'm just sick of it. So I, I think I got to be like, I got to be more of like a general, like an army, Absolutely, army man. Yes. It's like I don't tolerate the. I'm, I'm uh, just sick of it. Those at all. Not good. All right, should we move into question time, Curtis? We should. We'll move into Nathan's bow bag. All right, here we go, everyone. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. Welcome back, everyone, to Nathan's Mailbag. Getting straight into it. This is from Calvin. The title of this email is called Tilt Resistance Improvement. Maybe that can be like a thing, like Tilt Resistant. You can yeah. like label yourself as being Tilt Resistant. That is cool. How cool is that? It's like, no, it's like a stat. You know, have you like stats like resistance? Tilt like, Resistance. It's like these like... Ooh, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Tilt Resistance. A hundred thousand. Untiltable. <laughs> Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I've been a fan for many months and I regularly watch your vids. With that being said, I think I've finally been able to get results from the mentality you guys teach us. I'm an ADC main and I've experienced everything from support stealing CS to junglers solo diving the enemy. All part of the ranked experience, remember? I'm currently, this is what we talked about the solo queue contract, didn't we, Curtis? Yep. Last episode. I'm currently on a loss streak. However, I've noticed that I'm not nearly as tilted as I would have been a few months ago. I think the biggest help was the advice of not giving a shit about things outside of my immediate control. So I just want to thank you making me a less toxic solo queue player. Brilliant. He's on, the, he's on the journey, dude. He's killing it. That's right. One player at a time. One thing I want to note here is that this is what I find. I want to make this an emphasis. Sometimes you can watch our podcast and you might think that, um, oh man, like you might beat yourself up because you don't do what we you mm. know, say, but it takes a while to, for things 100%. to click. 100%. It takes a while for it to click. It might take you months, years, but it will click if you keep being at it, keep thinking about it and keep assessing, why am I doing that? Why do I feel that way? What's going on there? It's the journey, man. It, ne- it never ends. I'm still working on it slowly. Absolutely. Every day, dude. I, 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 I have those moments where games where I get frustrated. It still happens. It's not like we're, res- it's not like we're resistant. You know, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're definitely more resistant than the average player, but it's just a journey. Um, next one here is from, looks like your phone's ringing. I'm getting a spam call, like a, <laughs> what do they call them? You want a, a telemarketer? Yeah, I could telemarket 24-7 now. Someone sold my number. This is, um, from Katsuki. Hey, Curtis and Nathan. So the title of this email is called Modern Day Gurus, question <laughs> mark. You know, I love this, Curtis. 
Hey, Curtis and Nathan. It's been over 500 days since I discovered Curtis's channel. He's been counting, dude. He's like on a like calendar. calendar. It's time since Coach last. Curtis, this day. <laughs> um, and I still enjoy and follow everything you guys do to this day. I heard a lot of people talk about Jordan Peterson, David Goggins, Ryan Holiday, and many other people of this type lately. And I'm under the weird impression that these guys are somewhat modern day gurus. I feel like motivation, self-discipline, and self-development overall are something that come from within through experiences and personal findings. What are your takes on this? Um, yeah. Great quote from Fight Club. Self-improvement is masturbation. Mental masturbation. Just watching these guys over and over again. Listening to these feel-good stories. I, at the end of the day, it's all about taking action, Katsuki. And... I was in this trap as well. I think everyone goes through this trap. At some point. The self-help guru um, cycle. There's some great YouTube channels out there that sort of talk about um, the toxic culture of self-help. What's the guy's name? Um, He's like James Janey. James Janey. James Janey. He's got excellent videos. He literally has a video called The Toxic World of Self-Help. Um, Coffeezilla is a really good one as well. He's one of my favorites. He talks about the fake gurus and stuff like that. These people are no, by no means fake gurus. You know, Jordan Peterson, David Goggins, Royal These guys have done some great things. But you got to be careful. You know, you you can't go. Well, you got to space it out, and you got to make sure you execute on what they're saying. Before That's you right. Move on. That's why with what we're doing with the can't hurt me, we're actually doing the challenges. Mm. So the way the David Goggins book we're doing in the book club right now, there's challenges in the book, and we're doing them along the way. We've got to execute. And I think I went through this personally. I went through a stage where I read a lot and I did learn a lot, but I didn't get... Like, it feels like a lot of the things I read... I don't know if you had this experience as well, things you've learned over YouTube videos hmm. or whatever over the, over the past 10 years, right? You don't really get the learning until you actually do it. And then it clicks. And then you're like, oh, okay, I understand what that person was saying and I kind of I resonate now. Yeah. But before, like, you just watch it. It's He's like, like, oh, it's like a zombie. It's like, very oh. interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it's yeah. just like cool to listen to. Yeah. In a way. You, so I you think. You feel that, like, again, it's mental masturbation. It feels like you're well, it's learning. What's even with, like, both of our videos, dude? You can watch a guide just for the sake of watching a guide That's and right. you feel smarter. Yeah. But until you do what is, you say shit. in the video, it doesn't mean shit. That's right. You got to take massive action. You got to do. So important. So, yeah, I think it is comes through experiences and personal feelings. Definitely, finance, man. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, people got world-class at things before the internet existed by just literally just doing... They they learned from, like, maybe, like, the, like let's say it's, like, a <sighs> yeah. a blacksmith in a family. They learned from the father and stuff like that. But, like, they just, just learn no, yourself. But the way I'm view- This is genuinely the way I view my Midland Academy, right? Yeah. Is I... You're on this journey. I'm there to simply speed up that journey. Yeah. So you could theoretically, you could watch my videos or you could just do it on by yourself. You could probably complete this journey from say silver to master tier, but it will take you, you know, it could take you five, six, seven years. I'm here to turn that and, and speed up this entire process by doing reviews with you, guiding and understand, trying to coordinate your thoughts but a little bit better, structure your thoughts a little bit better, pinpoint your problems, where you should be directing your focus. I'm just guiding you along the way, right? And I'm just there to hold your hand essentially. So at the end of the day, if you don't do and continue to do, there is no journey. And I'm just there to speed it up for you. 
There's no cheats. I can't make it. You're not going to get from zero to 100, but we're going to get there faster together. I think our, our coaching program also helps you do because, because you have to play games to get a review as well. Well, you have to play games to get a review. But I actually, I had one person that joined uh, Soltu a while ago. I think, I think it was Paul. And he said that he found by being in Soltu, everyone, because he's around like-minded people, everyone's yeah, trying to improve. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. Like, oh, I've got to do this, dude. Everyone else is doing this. I'm like and in the environment. The, the results channel. I have like a league achievements channel and people getting results. Everyone's like, holy shit. All these people getting results. Like, mm. I got to get my shit together, you know? I see that as well in mine. So cool. The power of community is incredible. So I think that's what we also do as well with um, our coaching programs and our communities. So, yep. um, yeah, action. Curtis and I are modern day gurus. We're not a guru, dude. <laughs> Midland guru and the jungle guru. No, we are. I definitely don't think I'm still on a process of learning. I'm definitely no guru. Definitely not. That word scares me a little bit, actually. Yep. All right. This is an interesting one. This is from this guy called King Fears. This guy's the King of Fears. Okay. We just talked about fears. The solo queue experience from a new player and your low expectations. That's the title of this email. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. Sorry, this is going to be a long one. Strap ourselves in. My name is King Fears, and I started playing League in June of last year. By the time I hit level 30, uh, it was September, and I thought I could easily hit Plat or Diamond. Going into my solo queue games, that was instantly shattered and I got slapped down to Bronze 3. I started consuming a ton of League content and found Curtis's channel. The champion guides were super helpful to find in who I wanted to play, but I found this concept, his concept videos were too much for me at the time. I still had a very bad mentality and that sent me down to Bronze 4. And then you guys started the podcast and it made me mentally so much better. I adopted a growth mindset and climbed up to Silver 4 before the end of the season. I've listened to every podcast episode so far. Awesome to hear. When I was in Bronze 4, I had an experience that scared me. I had an Iron 4 Draven on my team and my Bronze 4 Morgana support made the decision to run it down because she didn't want him to win, saying you don't deserve to win. What do you guys think about this gatekeeper mentality? What is the source of it? Is it prevalent in Challenger slash GM? Uh, yeah, it's prevalent in, in, in pretty much every ELO, I think. Happens in every ELO, yeah. yeah. It definitely happens in Challenger GM. Yeah, I used to do that myself. And what was the mentality there, Curtis? Um, what was your psychology analysis? I was just elitist. I was just like, I'm better than you. Um, I'm, dis- it was, I'm disgusted with your level of play. Yeah. Um, i got to teach you a lesson. Yeah. Simple as that. For me, anyway. So where does that come from, Curtis? What's, it's, 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 what's the further down? It's insecurity. I think it's insecurity. I think it's also yeah, it's ego and insecurity. It's like I need to prove to my, I need to prove to other people that I am better. It's like you. it's like you're like on a high ground. You're a moral yeah, high ground. Apparently, I need to show. I need to show you. And I, no, no, no. We know this actually. And now I'm probably reflecting on this more. Insecurity. You generally see a lot of insecure people when they put others down rather than bring others up. Mm. And what I was trying to do to make myself feel better is actually put them down mm. because if I made them feel good about themselves, I would be insecure about myself. Yeah. I think that's what was happening. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, so yeah, again, I, I've made this clear many a times on my on the podcast that I was incredibly insecure when I was growing up and that was the result of it. So a lot of these people that are running it down are yeah, just incredibly insecure. They're confused. Um, they don't have a growth mindset. They're not taking responsibility. And they just want to feel better. And yeah, they just want to feel better about themselves. Yeah. And so that's the main cause of it. And look, 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't even bother wasting your time with trying to understand this. Yeah, don't even worry. Just about don't even it. worry. Just focus on what's on your control, like that other guy. Yep. Because getting Calvin? bogged down into the details and trying to understand everyone's toxicity yeah. and reason that it, it's it's something that no, it is important. We talked about on the other podcast to understand why people do it. So then it's like your tool to deal with it. Right? Interesting. Remember we talked about that. Two okay. Ago. Yeah, your toolkit. But but this specific example is so it's it's so rare, isn't it? Like. Like, how many times has someone genuinely no, run it no, down? Yeah, it's rare. But again, I think it is important to understand it. Okay. Because that's a toolkit. Okay. But yeah, I look, I, if we're going to go... Di- I mean, do you have any thoughts on this one, Nathan? I just think it's purely insecurity. Yeah, that's, you're spot on. You've, you nailed it. Yeah. Again, it's, it's putting yourself down, putting people down to put yourself... To make yourself yeah, feel better. To make you feel, feel better. And then there's other, there's other areas as well where people give up and they don't try because if they feel like if they try this game and they still lose, they'll be hit, hit there. That, that as well. Yeah, I always felt like the, the games where like someone did really poorly, yeah, is that, that's true as well. It's like, if you never try... That was, the, that was actually the moral of, moral of the story of my entire life growing up. <laughs> it was never try, so then you never actually have, actually have to have feel to bad. Have painful experiences. experiences. That's right. Because I didn't have a growth mindset. Because if I failed, yeah, I couldn't actually improve anyway. So there's no point. It was just a defense mechanism. The whole thing was a defense mechanism. If these people had a growth mindset and they accepted they were going to lose and just go into the next game and refine and review, they wouldn't have to do this. This is a result or the the um, response to frustration, to feeling like this game is out of their control. Why not make this guy feel bad for making this game out of your control? Because you're not going to get anything out of it anyway. Mm. That's what they think. Mm. They think a loss is like a, a, a null factor. Yeah. Nothing. That's right. Yep. So that's it for that one. And then he has here the second bit. So this is the one talking to us saying our low expectations. Right. Also, I think you guys should reconsider how you perceive silver players. You guys say often that it is not worth reviewing games or learning concepts at that level because they lack control and game knowledge, like character control. Yep. You know how you say that? Get into gold is literally just like a test for yep. character control. I think that is partly true, but you are underestimating silver players. For a time, I was stuck in silver three for many games. I couldn't climb, I didn't, and I didn't bother reviewing or watching many videos on Curtis's mid lane concepts. Eventually, I snapped and I started reviewing every game and educating myself on concepts, and my rank shot up to silver one very fast. I find that my character control and game knowledge has gotten better from learning these things. And I find the main difference between me and the laners I play against in mid is that they don't know these concepts. My mechanics are still mediocre, but I know recall timings and better wave manipulation. I think you should reconsider coaching silver players or change your expectation of silver players. Telling silvers not to review games because it's not worth the effort is just false in my opinion. The work is some hard-ass shit, but it is worth the effort, even in silver. Overall, thanks to the podcast. I'll be there for episode 1000. Yeah, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> you respectfully disagree. Yeah, yeah. it is wrong. Yeah. So I think what's happening here is one of two things. So why has he gotten results? He says he's got results. So I think this. he's getting results because he's not insecuring and he's actually, he hasn't, he's, he's actually giving himself a cool off period. Mm. So I think there's an element of that. He's actually playing better because he's not insecuring up and just, you know, playing again. Because if you have a rough loss... And you instantly press play because you're not reviewing. That's an aspect, definitely. I think that's 100%. One I think that's one of the big reasons. I probably gained like 500 LB because of that this season. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just playing, yeah. right? Um, taking breaks. Taking breaks and, rel- and you're actually just spreading out your games. I would say another aspect of this is that, yes, you could theoretically get better at like these fundamentals, right? Whether you're saying raid management, resets and things like that. And that could definitely help you be a better player. But at the end of the day, you're actually compensating... I think for some incredibly poor 
base level aspects of the game. I think that's what's happening. A way, okay, uh, let's use an analogy for this one. Okay, let's say you, um, okay, let's say this. I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Australian football, right? We have a, our own game called uh, AFL, Australian football. Aussie rules. Aussie rules, whatever. Um, and simply put, you can pass the ball two different ways. You can use the, you can actually um, handball it. So you actually hold the ball in one hand. You can like, if you're watching the on YouTube, it might be a bit easier. Yeah, just doing the action. So you, you hold the ball and then you kind of like fist it and you like push it and you can like pass it to someone else with your hand, right? Conversely, you can actually drop it down onto your foot, kind of like a rugby kick and you can kick it to someone else, right? Now, what I'm getting at here is that you can get really good at only kicking. Let's say you can just pretend your hands don't exist and your handballing isn't in the game and only use kicking. And because you do that, you can get very good at, you're going to get disproportionately better at kicking than you are at this other skill. Now, eventually, this is going to catch up to you because you can't play the game of Aussie rules optimally without having, without having to handball. You've yeah. got to know how to handball. Now, yes, you could, if you're playing at a very low level, you can get away with it. So, but on what I'm getting at here is that you've actually, by focusing on these things, yes, but it's just not necessary. And the reason it's... I'm not, I'm, and so like, you're talking about things like he's talking about the wave manipulation and the recall time. Yeah, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Because it's so like, it's just too early for it. You just don't need it. I'm not saying it won't give you results. And yes, you've proven it probably will get you results. But you're st- I, I, what I believe you're doing, you're compensating for some other areas. You're compensating for your poor champ identity understanding. You're compensating for your poor camera control, character control, or you're just you're um, compensating for your lack of overall game sense and understanding of the game itself because you've only picked up the game less than a you year you got to learn what right? all the champions do. You probably do. don't even know what half the champs do in the game. So then you're going to play skirmishes. You're not going to know what's yeah, going on. skirmishes, you're just going to randomly die and get one shot by a champion yeah. because you don't know what it does. So it's, it's understandable. So I think what you've done, man, is that you need to lower your expectations big time. It should take you at minimum a year to just to understand the game itself. Get a feel for you the game. To get a feel for the game. Like you got to know what all the champs do, what sort of damage they do. That that entire process takes a year. So if you can get to goal four in a year, like that's insane. That's really well done. You know, props to you. So I think, do you see what I'm getting at, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you can review. If, like uh, I'm not really big on like you, you shouldn't. Uh, basically, when I say don't really bother about really reviewing your games, but between because I need to them to get more games in. Yeah, you need to get more. games That's like in. the step one. But if you're getting a lot of games in, I think reviewing's fine. Hmm. You know, you can look again. You can learn some of the things. But what I'm worried about is just overcomplicating. Potentially, your... it is a little. That's bit, what I'm scared yeah, about. That's what I've seen from experience. Sometimes people overcomplicate. Like I'm really things. worried about this, and I feel like I'm probably contributed to this. We watch my content too early. Yeah. This, he has all this knowledge. Yeah, he has all this yeah, knowledge, yeah. and it's, it's too much. But I, um, yeah, in terms of, of coaching below, so, I mean, I, I, I did that, and uh, there's not much for me to really help them with. They have to just go on the journey themselves until goal, and then I can, I, like, goal falls like the baseline where, like, I can sort of have a conversation with someone about what's going wrong, or they, they can tell me their well, thought process. Well, they've proven to me that they know what all the champions do. Yeah. And they know really what's happening. Yeah. Baseline. Yeah. 
And that's what I need to work with. That's, that's what yeah. I need to, to be able to work with. So look, you might be... Look, the other alternative to this entire thing, Nathan, is that he might be an alternative. He might be a unique case, right? He might be a unique case where he's played a lot of games in the past. He's actually learned what all the champions do done. He's pr- relatively switched on. He's playing a lot of games and he's able to understand these concepts without overcomplicating it. That's possible, right? I just think that the majority of players, the 98% of them, would not be able to do that. So look, at the end of the day, man, if what works for you works for you, continue on. Um, But I still, based off my personal experiences with looking at silver games and um, even seeing gold four, uh, I I definitely will not be coaching silver. Ever. And I can promise you that. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm stealing their money in a way sometimes. (laughs) Me too. You know? I don't feel comfortable taking the money off a silver player. No. I totally agree. They just need to... Because I know they're going to get to goal four anyway. Yeah. If you really want it, you will get to goal four. You don't, you don't need me. No. Um, Sorry, look... I mean, I guess you could argue, well, then you could speed up the process for them. But again, no, no I, I think don't it's you confuse it. Yeah. I think I confuse it. I will them. actually probably slow uh, you I'll down. make it worse. I agree. I'll make you worse. Work. Yeah. So I, I don't want that either. Yeah. So look, look, look. What I, what I would... What I would suggest is if whatever's working is obviously working. You've got from, what, silver three to silver one, he yeah. said? Yeah. Continue on. Yeah. I always say, whatever's going, good, yeah. just keep doing keep, it. Keep doing it. Don't overcomplicate it. If it's working, it's working. And then you hit the wall, and then you get and to... And if, if oh, you feel... Yeah, fine. once you get to a wall, you maybe you get to goal three, goal four, goal two, come to me in the Midland Academy, and I'll sort you out, and then we can really go from there. All right, our last question here is from Victor. The title of this email is called Champion Pool Plus Player Identity. Hey, guys, the topic I have for you today is about champ pools plus learning new champs. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. Yep. Let's see if Victor has a different take. I know you guys always say that sticking to a small champ pool is important and that changing your champ pool to try and fix gameplay issues is never the way to go. Do we agree with that statement? Is that what we say? Not never. Never, that's Not, a dangerous, that's a dangerous word. word. But my question is, when is it actually okay to drop a drop or change your pool? Drop a champ or change a pool? I was especially thinking about player identity based on our backgrounds, personalities, tendencies. We all gravitate to certain types of champs. Oftentimes, forcing champs outside of our natural comfort zones leads to champs not clicking. Is it better to stick to champs that play into your natural strengths? Or is it better to go for an all-around approach? Personally, my goal is to be good at the game and fundamentally good at my role, mid lane, but I don't have plans on going pro or anything. So, Nathan, I've changed my perspective on this. Okay. Recently. Yeah. I, I really need to make an update video about this because I think I've, I've, I've kind of hurt some people. Because I made a video ages ago that I fundamentally disagree with. One of my first Champel videos. I actually fundamentally disagree oh my with God, a lot goes. of things I said, which is fine. Yeah. You know, that you learn. People's, people's opinion, things well, you, I evolve. Like evolve. I'm, I'm yeah. learning a lot about players, right? Okay. Initially, back in the day, I thought that um, it's best to have a diverse champ pool that you should be able to play. Um, you know, the average player should be able to play an, a mage, an assassin. You should be able to play both. That would be the best player. Um, that would be the best choice for in you. an ideal world. And I do, even on your climb, it'd be worth investing in both. Yeah. What I've come and the reason I ca- I came to that conclusion is because I was able to do that myself. But I don't think that's fair for me to 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 use my own experiences and kind of you know, push that out onto the community because I, I think I'm a unique case in, in, in many ways. And I should have gotten more data before pushing that forth. And what I've come to the realization is that um, 
most players should actually only stick to one one style. And I hate using this word, but it's actually just true. So if you are fundamentally, um, view, like you view the game through an assassin lens, you like viewing the game through an assassin lens, or you fundamentally like viewing the game through a mage lens, you should stick to that. And you should all in on it and you should build your identity and, and, and all in on your strengths and then get to a very high level. And if you want to get to like, say, you know, I think like, Mar- like even to be honest, you can do all this this all the way through to like GM plus if you really want to. But then if you're really starting to push into that level, like all the way up to master plus GM plus, then that's where I would really start expanding. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy doing this one style approach, but it does give you a very clear identity and it makes the learning process, makes the whole experience much more enjoyable. It makes it much smoother. Um, and makes it just, it just gives you a very, just makes the entire yeah journey much, much easier. So I very rarely recommend a player to play an assassin and a mage. I get them to play, if you play Zed, play another one, play a Fizz. So you want an AP, then you get an AD one and within an AP the same, one. But within the same style yeah. though. So AP assassin and AD assassin. Yeah. Or, or if you play, you can even there's play there's certain mid champions that can aren't really assassins that are mid, um, that are AD, sorry. So if you play mages, you could theoretically play, there's like Lucian mid. It's not really an assassin. You can play that. Mm. Um, there's certain other, even like Yone to a certain, certain, certain 80 champs that aren't necessarily like assassin-like, um, or Renekton mid, things like that. But anyway, what I'm getting at here is that I think that if you are forcing champions outside of your comfort zone, of your style, say so you, 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 I don't know much about this guy. He doesn't really say anything, does he, about what he no, plays? He's playing, no. So like, I would recommend sticking to that one style and champs around that one style. If you're in gold, only two champions, platinum, you can do three if you really want to. So that's what I've been recommending recently. How's that for jungle? How does that like apply to jungle? Um, does that does that even apply to jungle? It might not even not. Well, I, uh, that's why I said about the whole AP. I think that having an AP and AD in, in your pool, I mean, other than the day going into a game with AD. It's so nice. It's very nice. Uh, you know, you have that flexibility is obviously ideal. But I mean, I'm... Um, I mean, I'm very big on champion mastery and obviously playing one champ, two champs. Um, recently, there's been a lot of discussion on my, on our Discord about uh, what you said last episode about you should play two champs to learn. You should never just learn one champ at one time. Yeah, I agree. And I was interesting. I've never thought of it that way. Like, because I was I was always the one that, um, like, I one-tricked Udia, you know, back in season three. So that's how I got good at the game through just hardcore champion mastery. Yeah, but that mastery. messed you up. That wasn't a good. It probably thing. fucked me up. Yeah, it's not good. Well, I guess. Uh, I guess you could say it fucked me up. It did. I mean, it depends. I ended the day I got ranked too. Like, yeah, but then look where you went after that. That's true. That's true. Short term, dude, versus long term. Um. Yeah. Like you were never gonna be as good as Spooks for that reason. That's right. I would in terms of professional player. Yeah. yeah. No, but even like overall as a player, like yeah. you can't. You just weren't ever gonna be as good as some of those players. That's why you got kicked for AKG Senpai. Yeah. Right. That's At the end right. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, we came back and then we beat that old team. Yeah. But like, yeah, you expanded from that point onwards. Though. Yeah, you did that's right. Yeah, I had to, and it was very painful. It was very difficult. Yeah, again, I definitely hindered, hindered myself in terms of that one specific playstyle. But I no, but I did all in on my identity. Yeah, but you though. did. Yeah, you all in on your identity. Uh, I mean, you I didn't. I remember Udo was banned and stuff. Yeah, I but was you played champs that were similar. And, yeah, Skarner yeah, spot on. And Nasus jungle. But you at the shouldn't time. ever learn a champ. Look, I, I still say that Nathan because, um, 
when you're learning a champion, your confidence just gets fucked, dude. It does. It and it, it breaks people. And I've yeah. seen it break people. Yeah. And there's just no point why I do that. Mm-hmm. And you actually pick up bad habits if you play the same champ over and over and over again. Because what happens, you because you're playing worse, or okay, obviously when you're learning a new champion, your fundamentals get worse because your focus is actually being directed onto learning the champ itself. Then what happens, because your fundamentals worse and you're bad at the champion, the two kind of com- conflate together yeah, and, and you just disaster. create a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens, you don't know if yeah. you're losing because you're fundamentals yeah. and you're, or you don't know that you're losing because you're bad at the champ. So then your confidence just goes through the floor. So like, I don't care if it's jungle, top, 80 carries, whatever role, you should never spam one champion. That's my rule of thumb. Because I've seen it just screw so many people. And myself, just from my own experience, it's, just, it's terrible. It just destroys your just confidence. just destroys you, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had one player, uh, he's been picking up Nidalee. And he's just getting Holy fucked. God. Dude, doing that one style thing with Nidalee. Yeah, that's the only Nidalee, You fall off the face of the planet. You're, been, you're done. You're out of the gravity. You know, like the like the earth is like the gravity <laughs> field. You're, you're, you're flying out into space, dude. You're never coming <laughs> yeah. back. He's gone, dude. We we need to have a discussion with him this week. It's, <laughs> he's it's, he's it's in the fucking atmosphere. He's like flying to Mars, I'm going to have to like literally get a, build a rocket yeah. to like bring him back. Yeah. He's so fucking... <laughs> yeah. He's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, he's it's, gone uh, I mean, the moment you said that I was like oh fuck what yeah. have I done to this yeah, guy yeah dude he's out of control I did that because I, I one of the guys in my discord picked yeah. up his and he didn't hear me talk he must have watched that how to learn because yeah. I talked about it in my how to learn a chant right yeah. and he skipped over that bit in the video so he yeah. played 100 games of fizz and he's like he said he's like just shocking at fizz even after 100 games yeah because he wasn't learning at all. No, because you're not he learning. was so disconfident. Because you're was getting fucked. worse. Yeah. You're actually instilling bad habits. Yeah. You create all these invisible narratives yeah. and shit. It's yeah. just insane, dude. He should drop Vint Nid, by the way. Like, yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. You're going to have to drop Nid. So he says the other aspect of changing champ pool is not enjoying a champ. I know it's easy to say you don't enjoy a champ after five games, but Curtis has said you need to get deep into the champ to really know whether you like it or not. And. The better you get at a champ, the more fun it can be. But I feel like it's hard to know whether you really like a champ or not. Oh, whether you're just so many getting times. impatient with the learning process. Oh. Do you get this thoughts? a lot? I, I, I My recommendation for champ, it's a fucking mess. I actually don't even know <laughs> yeah. what my philosophy is anymore <laughs> yeah, because you say this, I say this, people it's say out that. Of control, dude. I don't even want to touch I it I don't even days. know how to approach this situation because people put so much emphasis on like the fun element of the game and it, yeah. just, it just confuses the fuck out of me, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. It really does. Do you, what do you want? Like, like okay, we've got to clarify a few things here. Let's, yeah. Okay, rather than... Let, let's, let's approach this entire situation like this, Nathan. Okay. Let's just say... What will happen in every scenario, and you can That's choose tr- do this for yourself. Yeah. You can figure out what you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you the consequences of your actions, and yeah. you can just cop it. Yeah, all right. So let's break this down. Okay, it's a fact that you will have more fun with champion mastery. That's a fact. Yeah, when you're good at the champ, because yeah. you've, you've played a lot and you understand its identity really well, you understand all the matchups. Yeah, a fact. That's fact number one. It's more fun. Because winning and, and getting creative and getting into the details is more fun, okay? Fact number two. Um, the, the first initial 10, 15 games of a champ is also really fun. Yes, they're fun. Because you're, learning, you're playing this new thing. It's a new experience. It's like a different sort of fun though, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like a... It's like a... It's like a honeymoon phase. Yeah, honeymoon phase of a relationship. Same <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, getting into that between 20 games to like... 70 is always, I would say, 95% of the time miserable. Yeah. 
That's another fact. So yep. that's three facts here. <laughs> fact four. Um, oh. What else we got here? Yes, you are going to have these champions that you inherently enjoy or find fun that are incredibly complex, right? I get them all the time in my Discord. I love Silas, so I'm going to play Silas. I love this. So, and, I, and look, you can do that. And you, we said this before, you can do that, but it's going to take you 500 more games than it normally will. Sometimes even a thousand, depending on what, how difficult the champion is. So if you can, if you're happy to go down that route of fi- playing the extra 500 games, playing the extra thousand games to get to the rank that you would have otherwise gotten in, in half the time or quarter of the time, that's up to you. So that's another fact. Um, I will also say that you will have you will actually. It's faster to pick up a champ in the future when you're better at the game. So, for example, if you were gold or silver and you like, really love your champion... And you mouse for a champion again, I'm not going to say one trick. If you played a simpler champion yeah. first and you got get to high the rank... Elo, you get experience versus better mechanical players that innately... It's like your environment that innately pushes you to high mechanical yep. ability. So then that's... And, you you, speed and, up and you've the isolated game. the fundamentals, which can apply to every yep. other champion anyway. Yep. So you have a better perspective of the game, which means you can come back to that and it'll be great. So all that. Um, that's another fact. Another fact I would say is um, you got to ask yourself, or there's not even a fact, it's a question. Ask yourself, what what do you want to get out of the league experience? You know? Um, do you want question. to climb in the fastest way possible? Mm. Do you want to be the best player overall in the long run? Um, do you want to take it slow and relax playing champs? you want to and make it have this really crazy challenge? Does he say what he wants? No. Didn't he say he wants to be the best overall player or something? Oh, like yeah. He wants to be... My goal is to be good at the game and fundamentally good at my role. Then, again, you've got to play champions that are relatively simple at the start to get the fundamentals of the role down pat. Mm. As well as if you're learning the game through Yasuo, if you're learning the game through Kassin, and you're learning the game through Vlad or Katarina, or you're playing Azir, playing Silas, very difficult champions, you are... It's just It just makes the game... The journey of becoming an overall good player, good fundamental player, good fundamental player, sometimes even impossible. So, what are champs that you that are good for? I mean, good fundamentals. Look, the way I view it is, um, there's a bunch of champions, but they range in difficulty. Hmm. For example, Victor, you can learn great fundamentals, but it's quite tricky comparatively to Annie. And then Seraphine's another one you can learn a lot about the game. Dinah can learn a lot about the game. Echo, you can learn a lot about the game. Um, even like Anivia, you can actually learn quite a bit about the game. Um, most artillery mages, you can actually learn quite a bit. Um, Oriana's another one you can learn a bit, but are quite tricky. It, like, to be honest, Zed is a champion that does require good fundamentals. But you don't learn mana rationing. So that's one element that you just won't learn, but you can actually learn a lot of other good things with Zed. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend him if you want an assassin, Echo, or Dino, just much more clean. And obviously Annie, like I said, and uh, I said they're the main ones. So it's a pretty wide variety of champions there. That's true. You have lots of big It's not just Annie. People just think it's just Annie. It's not just Annie. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I need to go go to the lab and just figure out my champion philosophy in terms of picking up chances because I'm I'm really fucking lost at the moment. Yeah. Especially with this whole jungle changes and stuff coming into play. Oh, jungle's a mess, dude. I don't even know how you would approach that. 
What you would have to do, Nathan, is just think about the, the specific skill set that you yeah, want a player to learn. Yeah, that's what I'm going to think and then, of. And then actually, rather than, rather than thinking of what champs allow you to learn it, think about what champs don't allow you to learn yeah. it. And just remove all yeah. the ones that can't. Yeah. The rest, mm. of, majority of jungle champs will be fine, honestly. But hopefully this answers his question. Do you reckon that answers his question? I think there's some stuff for him to work with there. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, his, his question is, when is it actually okay to drop a champ or change your There's ball? just no formula. I can't say yeah, that. Yeah, there's not. I, 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 I need yeah. to know way more about your situation. You need to get more specific. Yeah. Unfortunately, Victor. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for BBC episode number whatever. What 48. Was, 48. Um, we spoke about the book club a bit in our Patreon. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon there, there'll be a link in the description below. We're, we're starting... We're starting though it's first book started. You, if you yeah. came in now, you'd be all good. Yeah. You'd definitely make it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do it at the end of this month. We don't know the last week. We're going to do a, a little discussion roundtable. We're trying Zoom. to figure out it's how like it works. like a Zoom call yeah. with a bunch of people. Get to see faces, name to faces. That's right. Faces which will be names. quite exciting. We want to get gonna the, be cool. a little community see going. See what all the Tims, what all the Tims look like. All the BBC <laughs> Tims. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.